0: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com.
1: From the territories to Titan Towers to TNA and all points in between, he's seen and done it all. And now he's here to share the real story behind wrestling's biggest moments, controversies, and characters. The MLW Radio Network presents... Something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard.
0: Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm sure everybody listening is already tired of us this week, but too bad. Uh, this is going to be a long episode. This is one of my favorite topics. I was a huge Vader fan, and he's all in the news. Uh, this week so before we get into that though let's do a little housekeeping from last week and then kind of deliver on what we promised last week uh, i didn't get much uh follow-up on the brian pillman episode i feel like we kind of covered everything normally there's a half a dozen things people want us to kind of circle back and touch on but i didn't get a lot that we need to kind of button up on pillman do you have anything we should go over
1: well th- there's a reason for that ladies and gentlemen. And, well, I should just say gentlemen, because 99% of our audience is adult males.
0: 98.
1: (laughs) Okay, 98. So I'll say ladies and gentlemen. Conrad Thompson is the single most prepared host (laughs) in the history of podcast. I got a lot of positive comments. For the most part, uh, people even liked the length. It was one of our longest. It was our longest, wasn't it?
0: I still think T&A may have been a little longer. Either way, I had a good time with it, and I know know we're going to have a good time uh, this week. Okay, let's get into it, man. Uh, This is going to be uh, something we're going to argue about. Uh, We kind of got along for the majority of the Pullman show. I don't know how much getting along there's going to be in this one because I feel a need to take up for one of my favorites, Big Van Vader.
1: You called that getting along last week?
0: You and I have never really talked about this. Do you think Vader should be in the WWE Hall of Fame?
1: No question. I I think that uh, Vader is a Hall of Famer. He's had a Hall of Fame career uh, in the WWE and outside of it. And without a doubt, uh, Leon is a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame.
0: I would agree. He certainly deserves to be there. It's not always what you do inside the organization. It's what you did before. And I kind of want to catch everybody up uh, on some backstory of Vader before we get started because I know a lot of younger fans uh, aren't going to be familiar with him at all. He grew up in California, uh, played offensive line, went to Colorado, uh, was drafted in the third round by the Rams back in 78. Uh, Didn't play that first year in a regular season game, but in his second season played in a Super Bowl against the Steelers and ultimately retired with knee problems. Uh, Broke into the business uh, with Brad Reagans up in AWA in 85. Uh, And then eventually, both companies in Japan, both All Japan and New Japan, wanted him. Uh, He wound up debuting as Big Van Vader. It was kind of uh, an angle or a gimmick that they had planned for a long time that was originally supposed to be for Jim Helwig. Hellwig went on to sign with the WWF and got the Ultimate Warrior gimmick instead. So Leon White became Big Van Vader. And in his debut match, he squashed Anoki. And if you're not familiar with that, it would be like you know, Bruce, would you compare squashing Enoki back then to like uh, Hulk Hogan losing clean and quick to a new guy in 88?
1: Oh, sure. And in Japan, maybe even arguably bigger because Inoki was, Inoki and Baba both, uh, the giant Baba, they were gods. I mean, people worshiped them and Inoki was a huge star there. So to bring an unknown in and to do that with him was shocking
0: they worked a much stiffer style in japan and uh he just ran through inoki and then got over huge uh they even outdrew mike tyson when tyson lost to buster douglas in 1990 Uh, around that same time they had a show in the same dome and they outdrew it Uh, so he was really really over one of the things that a lot of people remember most here in america about his japanese run was uh, Stan Hansen popping his eye out in a match. Uh, Hansen, of course, was known to be blind as a bat. Uh, Later, Vader would have a little bit of a reputation for injuring folks. He was kind of notorious for breaking the back of an enhancement guy named Joe Thurman in WCW. Uh, Also in WCW, he gave Foley a severe concussion with a powerbomb to the concrete floor when Foley was Cactus Jack. And then ended Nikita Koloff's career in 1992 uh, ultimately, he finds his bigger success stateside uh, for us American fans. Uh, obviously, he was a much bigger star in Japan, but uh, you know we didn't really know much about that over here at the time, most of us casual fans. Uh, but when he comes to WCW, uh, he can't own that gimmick, Big Van Vader, forever. So when he leaves New Japan and loses an affiliation with them, he just goes by Vader or Super Vader. And your boy. Dave Meltzer, uh, has always considered him to be the very best 350 pound plus performer in the history of the business. Would you agree or disagree with that?
1: 350
0: would, pounds or more?
1: I would say at the time, Leon was one of the best big men in the sport and he'll go down in history as being one of the greatest of all time. I don't necessarily, I don't know if he's the best, Who would you, uh, especially uh, in later years, but at that time uh leon is what we would call and J- jim ross say he's a stud
0: well who else would make the list i'm not being argumentative but can you counter
1: oh sure I mean, yokozuna was a working crazy son of a gun man you talk about a big man that could go and that could work um undertakers 300 plus pounds he's not 350 uh, though is he no he's he's not 350 no um
0: bam bam bigelow uh, is he better? bam
1: bam bigelow there you go
0: he's bigger yep. i mean he's better in your opinion
1: i i would say as good yes and especially in his day bam bam did a lot of innovative things and bam 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 did those moonsaults and a lot of the, the acrobatic stuff long before vader came along
0: well vader's going to disagree with that he's often said that he was the first person at 400 pounds to do a moonsault but anyway he won uh, he being vader pronouns pal uh, Vader won Wrestler of the Year in the Observer in 93 and had just a dominant run in WCW that year. Um, he was huge in Japan uh, for years, 87 to 94 or so. And if you were a WCW fan, you remember his feuds with Cactus Jack, Sting, and Ric Flair. Uh, some of his best matches uh, that weren't with Flair uh, came, you know, with Cactus Jack and all their crazy violence. And I think one of the best things he ever did that. You know, was the topic of discussion this past week with his Twitter fight with Ric Flair uh, was Starcade 93 in Flair's hometown of Charlotte. You know, he was the monster Vader, and uh, Flair was obviously towards the tail end of his career, or so we thought. Nobody knew he'd wrestle 15 more years, and uh, what a show that was. And then he had the distinction of losing uh, the world championship belt to Ron Simmons, who became the first ever African-American world champion. So, Vader, you know, just to kind of set the stage here, is a top guy in every sense of the word when what we're about to go over happens. Is that fair to say that when Vader comes in to WWF, he is a top guy just by definition?
1: Well, Vader was a top Vader was a top guy every place that he worked, sure.
0: So, uh, it's late August 1995, and WCW has a TV taping at Center Stage, and <coughs> Vader and Paul Orndorff get into... I guess a backstage brawl is the phrase you would want to use. Orndorf is working as an agent at the time, and Vader shows up late. So Paul thinks Vader was being disrespectful. Uh, Vader countered that he was doing a photo shoot on orders from Bischoff and that everyone knew he would be late. They had words, and it got physical. WCW sided with Orndorf and suspended Vader for the incident. Many folks have heard this story, and we're not going to bury anybody here because... Uh, Neither of us were there, and just given recent circumstances, it seems unnecessary to discuss in more detail, Uh, but I will say that Vader has come out in recent years and said that he was drinking a lot at the time and not being himself, Uh, and Orndorff has also admitted it probably could have been handled better. Either way, it was a mess, and in a weird way is the catalyst for our topic today, Vader in the WWF. What happened when Vader went to the WWF? Uh, So, September of '95. WCW sends a cease and desist to the WWF, claiming that Vader is under contract and any contact would be considered tampering. He wasn't on the first Nitro at all, and they started that show making mention that Vader hadn't completed the proper paperwork and had gone AWOL. And this is the show uh, where Luger jumped ship from the WWF to WCW, so it sort of works out almost like a trade of sorts with Luger going to WCW and then Vader... Uh, joining the WWF who would you argue got the better of this trade Bruce it wasn't really a trade but these kind of guys you know pass each other Passing in the night, the night. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: i would i would say from my vantage point we definitely got the better of the trade <laughs> <laughs> okay um, you know we 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 got a, a fresh talent coming to us that we we had never had before and they got rehashed they had already had lex and they had done a lot of things with lex at that point then we had lex and and tried to do a lot of things with lex so i'm going to say that we we won that exchange
0: well it was a weird set of circumstances that led to all this happening because it was reported at the time that once they suspended vader they started negotiating with luger again and apparently bischoff had no interest in signing him he just was not high on luger and offered him only $1,000 per night without a contract just to kind of shoo him away. Uh, Bischoff has talked about only really even agreeing to talk to him because of his relationship with Sting. But then after this fight at center stage, WCW started scrambling because they wanted to have Nitro start with a bang. And one of the early ideas was to have Vader beat Hogan in the main event to win the belt just to get some attention and then set up the war games on pay-per-view. So when that all kind of gets thrown out the window after this fight, They're not sure what to do. Uh, Luger is here. His contract has only expired a day before. It could be the shot in the arm they were looking for. So they did it. And it also freed up a bunch of cash, I suppose, uh, because Vader was making quite a bit of money, which we'll get into. Uh, so it's kind of ironic, I guess. Vader goes from, you know, being the featured guy with the big push and a title win and a main event on the first ever Monday night Nitro to never appearing on any Nitro ever. Um... Eventually WCW informs Vader that they fired him, uh, on October 11th. And the official reason, and this is bullshit, of course, uh, was that his 90 day review window had passed and he was medically unable to wrestle because of a shoulder injury. Of course, everybody really knows that it's because of this incident with Orndorff. And I'm curious, Bruce, you guys, you know, what's the old thing you say? Uh, telephone, tell a friend, telegram, tell a wrestler. Uh,
1: yeah. Did you guys tell start the phone, telegram, tell the, the wrestler? There
0: you go. Did you guys start to salivate at what you could do with Vader at this point? I mean, it seems like he is the prototype of an 80s heel to Vince. Uh, what was the feeling about this fight and the suspension? And, I mean, w- were you guys thinking, hey, we're going to be able to get him and that's a good thing? Or what was the initial impression when you hear of all this backstage shenanigans?
1: Well, there, there's definitely interest. And you you have to take a lot of the backstage rumor and innuendo um, with a grain of salt because we weren't there. We don't know what the circumstances were. We don't know exactly what happened. We we were like everyone else. We were just hearing uh, different versions of everything that happened. And, of course, we got Leon's version, and, uh, you know, it, it was what it was, but we weren't interested in what had taken place backstage at WCW. We were more interested in the talent Vader and what we could do with him on our stage.
0: Uh, So let's talk about the shoulder injury. We mentioned it, that that was technically the formal reason he was let go. Uh, He was injured uh, on this shoulder at the Bash at the Beach 1995. It was a cage match against Hogan in July. Uh, This was the outdoor show that a lot of you will remember that was on the beach And unbelievably, Vader's idea was to do a shooting star press, but he said that Hogan was too far out, and so it resulted in a messy fall where he hurt himself and then just heavily medicated to work for the next two months until the little backstage incident with Orndorff. Uh, And then he was suspended without pay. And I know you're not going to talk about money, but here we go. Uh, Vader was supposedly, if you believe the rumors and innuendo, Making seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year through March of ninety nine. If you had to guess, how many guys in the business would be making seven fifty or better in ninety five A- across North America? Nineteen ninety five. How many guys were making seven fifty or better?
1: Maybe two, maybe three. But and I, and I would have to say that that number is extremely exaggerated.
0: You, you don't believe for a second that it was real, or you no. know it's not? No, I don't. You just don't believe it, or you know it?
1: I don't believe it.
0: Okay, you're smiling ear to ear. And I'm and pretty
1: confident it. that it wasn't.
0: Okay. Uh, in early November, nobody knows where or what Vader's going to do. Everybody's just kind of been, mum's the word. And by the end of the month, Japan rumbling start. And in early January, early December, rather, it's announced that in early January... Uh, Vader is going to face Anoki in their big Tokyo Dome show, which they still have now. Uh, very, you know, beginning of the year, the big New Japan Dome show. And it's no different here. Um, Vader shows up heavier than normal, but gets paid, reportedly, $40,000 $40, for the match. Uh, and while he's got some free time here and he's not signed, uh, he tapes another episode of Boy Meets World that airs on June 19th. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he starts getting a big push on the WWF TV, despite not signing a contract, which I'm fascinated by and I can't wait to ask about. Supposedly, the first deal you guys make is not for him to come in under a contract, but just to work the rumble. And uh, he's so excited about it, or he gets sold, whoever you believe, that he postpones his shoulder surgery just to make the show. Um. And the rumors and innuendo are that McMahon pressed hard all weekend to get him to commit, so he would have a big announcement to make on Raw uh, once his deal with the Warrior fell through. So was Vader a replacement? Or do you remember this weekend in question where there's this big push to get Vader to commit? Or why would he make a deal, just he being Vince, just for the Royal Rumble here?
1: No, we we had been talking to to Vader, and a lot of that was was done with Vince and Leon's representatives, his agent or manager, whatever he was, and it, it was there was an understanding that Leon was coming in. Okay. So, you know, we we wanted to be able to make sure that he still had those opportunities in Japan, and but yeah, Vince is crazy, but he's not that crazy to give him that much exposure and and not have him locked up.
0: We talked a little bit last week about Pillman being one of the first guys to get a downside guarantee. Would Vader have also gotten a downside guarantee when he does officially sign? He did. Okay. Um, this is something that Jim Cornette has put out there over the years. There's talk that Vince wanted to rename him and not call him Vader. He wanted to just show his image on TV and start referring to him as the Mastodon. And of course, we all remember WWF used the Mastodon as a nickname, but he didn't drop the Vader name completely. But Cornette says that was definitely the plan because they could trademark it and they would own the name. And Cornette says he lobbied hard against that. Who was for the name? Who was against the name? What's rumor? What's innuendo?
1: 100% true. Um, Vince wanted to to bring him in and call him the Mastodon uh, for that very reason so that WWF would own the name and he didn't want to promote Vader because Vader had worked everywhere as big van Vader and Vader and so on and so forth. So he wanted to capitalize off of his past success, but he wanted to create something underneath that. So he wanted to be, you know, the Mastodon. You know, Vader, the man they call Vader. And um, hoping that it would morph into the Mastodon.
0: I'm curious, how many, um, who would you say is the target audience for the WWF at this time in January of 96?
1: Probably still kids.
0: How many kids know what a Mastodon is?
1: You have to educate them, pal.
0: Did somebody say that? And then that was the response. No, that's
1: a gen- that's that is the general response. That is the general feeling is that you have to educate your audience, and you have to speak the king's English. Mm. Uh, you know the form of communication that we all use because we ain't gonna talk like this. Yeah, we yeah. all speak the king's English and perfect grammar in every single thing, and we enunciate every single word that we say. Um, that was, that was the edict. And again, like you say, our audience and I'm not demeaning our audience to our audience are just real people. Real people don't speak the King's English.
0: Well, they don't know what a Mastodon is either. Vader debuts in the rumble at number 13, no sells some stuff and then eliminates four guys before being tangled with Yokozuna. Uh, Yoko finally gets him down with a headbutt and eventually eliminates, um, or is eliminated by Sean. Both guys go out. But Vader sneaks back in and then eliminates a lot more people. Gorilla Monsoon comes down, overrules those eliminations, saying they don't count because Vader himself was eliminated. Uh, and then he gets in Vader's face, which sets up the next night. But before we get to the next night, why did you guys kind of circle Yokozuna as a first potential opponent? I'm just curious of all the guys he could work with. Why him?
1: Because Yoko was a big, big monster and looking for the, the two big men when they collide, what the hell is going to happen? I guess the immovable force meets the, well, you know what I mean? That, that old phrase.
0: Yeah, no, I get that gorilla. I'm just curious because to me, he was booked in WCW as this monster and he was always beating up smaller guys. And immediately when he comes here, Hey, let's put him with an even bigger guy. And on the one hand, I get, hey, take down a guy who used to be over, kind of like your teacher. No, right no.
1: Now. you, you that, that, Listen to what you just said. He always beat up smaller guys. Yeah. So you're looking for what's he going to do. You want to give him something new, something different. What's he going to do with the big giant badass in Yokozuna? That's interesting. Versus is it – as interesting to see him go out and just beat up more smaller guys again it's, it's kind of like it was been there done that seen it
0: well i get that in theory but normally uh in a, like in a video game you kill the big boss at the end not at the beginning let's move it all uh on january 22nd the very next night raw is in stockton california i can't believe you guys were running stockton that's amazing to me uh invader is in the opening match against savio vega he gets the pin there and then flattens a couple of refs Gorilla Monsoon comes out to lay down the law and actually chops Vader to get him to back up before Vader just goes ape, attacks Gorilla, does the Vader bomb, and then they stretcher him out. Piper takes over uh, the presidential duties from Gorilla as the commissioner, and then he suspends Vader as a way to get him off TV, of course, to get that shoulder taken care of. But they say, they being the Observer... Uh, that this deal to put Vader at the Stockton raw was put together at the very last minute, it was originally just supposed to be the rumble. And then this, this raw angle was put together at the last minute. Uh, what do you remember out that? Not true. This mother's day and father's day. Look no further for the perfect gift than paint It's worked for me every time. And when I say every time I mean it, I've used paint to bring tears to the eyes of my mom, my dad. Even my father-in-law, and right now I'm ordering one for my mother-in-law, all from PainterLife.com. My mother-in-law's life is her dog Missy, and this year my wife and I knew exactly what to get my mother-in-law for Mother's Day: a painting of Missy. It really is that simple, too. All we needed was a, a picture from our phone. Boom, we're up and running. You see, PainterLife.com can really create a hand-painted portrait to fit almost any budget. And it's the perfect gift for your mother, your father, or both. I've used it, as I said, on almost every person in my life. I've given these to my wife, I've given it to my cousin, my mom, my dad, my father-in-law. If I'm looking to give a truly meaningful, personable gift, I know the paintyourlife.com has my back. And they're gonna make it easy. You can go ahead and start the entire process in less than five minutes. And what's really cool about paintyourlife.com is they can even combine photos. Maybe you want to put two people who never met in one of your favorite vacation spots. You can do that. Just upload the photos. Bam. You're good to go. Maybe grandpa never got to meet his grandson. With PaintYourLife.com. That can become a reality. You can put people and places together, even if they've never been there. You pick the artist, you pick the medium. Do you want oil, acrylic, watercolor, charcoal? You can even go ahead and pick out an awesome frame. The whole process to get started, as I said, takes less than five minutes, and you can actually get your painting in as little as two weeks, but you work hand in hand with the artist to get every detail perfect. If you're looking to get those waterworks going, to have your mom or your dad tear that paper and just almost be overcome with emotion, that's what I got, and I've never gotten that reaction to a gift card. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at paintyourlife.com. There's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. Now, to get this special offer, just text the word WRESTLE to 87204. That's WRESTLE to 87204. Text WRESTLE to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com terms for details
1: again, I go, I go back to, you know, Vince isn't going to do things and invest a lot of time in somebody that for a one-off. And, you know, I'm not saying that he hasn't done that. I'm just saying for a guy like Vader, there was interest in Vader. We wanted Vader to come in and we wanted Vader to do things. So there was always a plan to do something with Leon on down the line. The, situation with getting him off tv so he could get his surgery was simply that let's create something where leon can make a big impact and touch gorilla monsoon which had i don't think it had ever been done at that point
0: whose idea was that to attack monsoon
1: i don't remember i it was i remember the idea the idea was no one had ever touched monsoon and gino had an aura about him that the great gorilla monsoon and gino's a big man as well so it was a way that he could make an impact go away and do something that, that hadn't been done
0: oh well, and it was one of the best things that happened in either company wwf or wcw for a long time at this point um was monsoon down with this idea was he up for it know oh he, yeah know gino
1: was gino was happy with
0: it cool Uh, Later that month in January, uh, WCW had Orndorff on Nitro talking about his fight with a quote-unquote 450-pound gorilla, but never mentioned Vader by name. Uh, Did you work much with Orndorff? How was he to deal with?
1: You know, I I met Paul a few times. uh, When I started, Paul was on his way out. So I, I worked with Paul when I first came in, just a little bit but didn't spend a lot of time around him. So I didn't, other than seeing him in airports over the years and uh, sharing a f- few plane rides, nice guy, easy to get along with, but uh, I don't had never really had a lot of interaction with him.
0: In late January, uh, the WWF has Clarence Mason appear on the program to defend Vader, saying that Monsoon struck Vader first, so his client acted in self-defense. Uh, this comes not too long after the verdict of the OJ Simpson trial. It's Clarence Mason, a rib whose idea was this? What, who, what did Clarence Mason do for the company? How'd you find him?
1: Give me Clarence, some Clarence Mason. Clarence Mason was an honest to God, uh, attorney. He had a practice. He was a practicing attorney and he came to us from the big cat, Ernie lad and Ernie suggested, uh, Clarence to come in and I, Forget what the hell his real name was. But obviously we took uh, Perry Mason right. and you know, put the names together to come up with Clarence Mason. But he was uh, he was a lot of fun, had the gift of gab, was a big fan of the business, and was highly recommended by the big cat Ernie Ladd, and, and that was a glowing endorsement. So we brought him in to to be an attorney do what he did and, and johnny cochran was hot at the time so it was a parody it was all the above
0: yeah it's uh you know if perry mason and clarence thomas had a baby um and maybe johnny cochran was invited to the party uh, his real name is uh herman stevens jr he's only 51 years old now and uh living in florida these days shout out to mr clarence mason Uh, Early February, Vader finally has that shoulder worked on, needed some help with his A.C. joint and a torn rotator cuff. Uh, But that doesn't keep you guys from using him for a run-in. He does a run-in at In Your House, Rage in the Cage in an overcoat, and then the next day is on Raw in a sweatshirt. And he's wearing this stuff to hide the incision scars. Uh, He tears his stitches loose during the run-ins, of course. This doesn't sound like the best idea. Is this a little weird to have Vader out there wearing this stuff I mean, this soon after surgery and doing run-ins, what's the thought process here?
1: No, and, and the reason that he, he wore the garb is to cover that the stitches and the surgery up. But guys back in the old days, all the time, uh, would come back and do things where they were protected, where they wouldn't get injured and would always do their best to protect them so that there wouldn't be any further damage done. And, and that was how it was designed and of course leon being leon a little overzealous things happen
0: uh it's reported that vader officially signs a two-year contract in february and that this deal allows him to work japan and some indie shots uh but titan has to approve all of those dates i'm curious bruce why would vince agree to this after vader had burned a bridge with wcw it seems like in that situation vince would have the leverage here would he not
1: he did, but he wanted, he wanted Vader, and Vader was still a big draw and still had some money-making years in Japan. And we looked at it as an opportunity to use Vader to get into Japan. and If he's working in Japan, he's going to be a WWF star. So it was, uh, hey, it benefited both people. And as long as we had the approval process in order, he really couldn't do anything without our approval. So if it worked for us and both sides were taken care of, then sure. Uh,
0: On Nitro, uh, Bischoff plugged a rerun of uh, Baywatch with WCW wrestlers and mentioned that Vader tucked his tail between his legs and ran away when Paul Orndorff was done with him. Uh, it's been reported over the years that Bischoff really hated Vader, or maybe hated working with Vader. I know you're friendly with Bischoff. I'm, I, I'm not sure. Well, why did Bischoff dislike Vader so much? I,
1: I don't know that he did or didn't. I really don't know. That's really the first I heard it. I think that especially at that time with Eric, Eric was doing everything that he could to discredit WWF and any talent that left. And was giving finishes away on Nitro and, and just doing everything that he could. So I am sure that it was also looked at as business. Right. And let's bury let's bury the guy that left us. We did the same thing. Oh, yeah, We did absolutely. the same thing to guys. You know, it's like, hey, man. They,
0: Billionaire Ted and Macho, Nacho Man. Right. And yeah, all that. Uh, here's something we got on Twitter. Uh, Mankind debuts in March, and uh, you know a lot of people on Twitter want to know how he got along with Vader here. Uh, both of these guys are working as heels, and they're wearing, you know, kind of similar but not really strap style masks, and they have this huge background together over in WCW. Uh, and it's worth mentioning that during the same month of March, uh, Mick Foley files lawsuit against WCW for when he lost his ear in a match against Vader in Germany. Uh, so they have a storied history together. Do you remember any sort of, it's hard for me to imagine, but people asked on Twitter, was there any sort of heat with Foley and Vader?
1: No, no. Both professionals and accidents happen. And it was an accident with Mick in the air and happened to be Leon, but it could have been anybody else. with Mick taking that same bump that he took all the time, catching himself right. in the top two ropes. And unfortunately that night in Germany, he cut his ear off. So, no, there was no heat between the two of them, and the gimmicks were different enough that, no, there was no heat whatsoever.
0: Uh, Vader was uh, also reported to sue WCW for breach of contract. Uh, I only mentioned that because, you know, I just said that Foley had sued them. Uh, Bischoff has once said that under a certain dollar amount and Turner would just settle. So if, if they were suing for... I'm just going to freestyle a number. $80,000, they deferred a check and settled, uh, which explains some of the settlements that went out. Do you know if Vader or Foley ever got paid on their WCW lawsuits?
1: I don't. No, I have no idea.
0: Okay. Uh, WrestleMania. I don't,
1: I don't think that, that Vader really had much to stand on because Leon was out um, negotiating and, and wanted out. So right. it was kind of mutual.
0: Uh, WrestleMania 12, I'm curious if you think this seems like a worthy spot of a guy who was considered a top guy in his first WrestleMania. Uh, Vader's in the opening match with Owen Hart and the British Bulldog against Jake the Snake Roberts, Ahmed Johnson, and Yokozuna. Vader does get the win. He pinned uh, Jake in the match after a Vader bomb, but opening match in a six-man with this group of folks, this doesn't really seem like a top guy position at first first wrestlemania to me but tell me i'm every, stupid shit on it go ahead
1: every single guy in there is a top guy okay, every cool. single guy in the match is a main event guy owen hart main event po- at wrestlemania po- bulldog main event guy jake owen, the snake robert never
0: main event at a wrestlemania he was the first Who? match it wasn't a main event owen hart
1: Sure he did with Bret Hart at Wrestlemania 10. That was main one of the main, the last events. Match. main events. It's the main event. Main Bulldog event's main never event. did. House Jake Roberts
0: big. never did. Ahmed Johnson never did. Yokozuna did.
1: But again, they're all top guys. You said top guys. They're all top guys. Every single okay. one of them.
0: Cool. Uh, he won a Slammy the night. He, Big Vader, wins a Slammy the night before for crime of the century for attacking Gorilla Monsoon. That thing really got over. Um... Oh, this is fun! Early April, Vader does. Wait something. a
1: minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! Don't leave the slammies yet.
0: Oh, we're, we're okay. You got a Slammy story?
1: <sighs> yes. This is what we so want. So Vader, so Vader wins his Slammy awards, and and it was interesting. You know, the Slammys were the Slammies. and that that should be a subject matter one time. Is is uh is the Slam? See, you've got your Slammys. You're proud. You're happy. Um, it's probably the most coveted prize in all of sports and entertainment.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And so we had a, had a little spot there <laughs> where Owen Hart, cause Owen like went up and got, that was when Owen got all everybody's slammies and stuff. We had a, uh, had a waiter that it was, the slammies were held in a ballroom and there were like tables set up for dinner. And so guys sat, the talent sat with fans and different things. And the talent was sat out in the crowd amongst everyone else and and having dinner and drinks and what have you. So it, a desired opportunity. We had a guy go through the tables With a tray full of food and a tray full of drinks. And Owen Hart, unbeknownst to anybody else, I mean, unbeknownst to the people that uh, were going to become the recipients of that tray of food and drinks, mainly Vader. Uh, Owen tips bumps the waiter and tips the waiter and everything goes all over Vader. Now, no one smartened him up to it. He was livid would be an understatement. And Vader doesn't go after Owen. He goes after the waiter. Oh, wow. And he's hot. And he wants to kill the waiter. And I forget who it was, but yeah, we had to get... Get Vader and go, calm down, calm down. You know, it wasn't his fault. Owen did it. And then Leon wanted to kill Owen. <laughs> you know, And it was like, it's okay, it's okay. Hey, man, it's going to make great television. Vader was hot. Vader was, he didn't want to go back out. And, of course, the idea was that he has to sit out there the rest of the night with food and drink and soaking wet. So every time that you go to a shot <laughs> of Vader, he's sitting at the table covered in crap.
0: So this was, yeah, not, that was, this was not just an Owen Hart rib. This is something that you and Vince McMahon sit down and say, hey, let's humiliate our new top guy.
1: It was, well, let's make this clear. It was not a rib.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but uh, it was a spot. We'll call that a spot.
0: And whose idea was this spot?
1: God damn, pal.
0: I love you for that.
1: <laughs> oh, my. That big bastard will be covered in food and shit and soaking wet. It'll be great. And then he'll have to sit in it all night. God damn, I love it.
0: He's oh, ever- Don't tell anybody. Yeah. <sighs> that was a sign. That was a sign. Uh, So, we're in April now. Vader is working with Yokozuna. And, um... He breaks Yokozuna's leg in the ring, or they or so they make you believe, obviously. So they bring a forklift ringside to get Yokozuna to the hospital and then Vader attacks the leg with a chair uh before Yoko can get medical attention. Um this forklift deal. Is this also McMahon ribbing Yoko about his weight? I know that Oh, absolutely
1: not. No, 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 no. Think about it.
0: No, I You've get got it
1: the the 500 pound Yokozuna, and this situation had actually come up, and I forget who it was, maybe um, uh, Haystacks Calhoun or someone, had broken their leg, and the, you know, back then they had stretchers that they had to carry, you know, and put guys on right. and carry. Right. Well, nobody could. Do that. First of all, the stretcher wouldn't hold his weight, and the medics couldn't carry him. And they had to break things apart, like uh, just big pallets, and the like. they cover up the ice in rinks, in, in, a, in a yeah. ice rinks yeah. with this wood so they can put chairs on top of it. And they, they had to use those and get like 20 guys to carry him out. So it's like, well, good God, what if, what if Yokozuna got hurt? How the hell would you get him out of the arena? You couldn't stretcher him out. How would you get him out? And we just thought it would be a neat visual if you actually had to go get a forklift to get him out of the arena and get him into an ambulance. Yeah, that that was all. I was just looking for a a cool visual.
0: Throw in your Google machine, Yokozuna forklift. You'll see where they're putting the stents on and all. It's pretty hilarious looking. Uh, In this match, uh, Vader has his eardrum broken uh, by Yokozuna, so... This is also going to be uh, a recurring theme through our talk here. Uh, April 96 was In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies. Razor Ramon is wrapping up, and on his way out, he loses to Vader. Uh, At the end of April, Vader starts working dark matches, TV tapings against Shawn Michaels for the very first time. They had never crossed paths. Uh, And typically, when you see a guy at this stage working dark matches against them, they're trying to kind of see what the chemistry looks like and see what it could be. On the May 6th Raw, um, Vader gets super kicked and pinned by Sean, and Vader is visibly upset and even got a shoulder up for the count. Do you remember him pitching some sort of temper tantrum about losing to Sean so early or not so much?
1: No, no, not, not at all, because there was a plan at, at that point in time to do a program with Sean down the line.
0: Uh, May ninety six pay-per-view was In Your House, where a Dog. Vader gets a win on pay-per-view with a Vader Vader bomb pinning Yoko. And uh, the story here, uh, if that's confusing for you, is that Cornette is with Vader now. So Yoko is a baby face since Cornette is no longer with him. Uh, At the end of May, there's a show in North Charleston, South Carolina, and Vader is supposed to wrestle the Ultimate Warrior here, but Warrior comes out and says that the South, Carolina state athletic commission wouldn't let him wrestle because of an elbow injury. I hadn't seen this before Bruce. What was the story on this particular house show? Does that ring a bell?
1: You know, it probably, I, I don't know, but I, as you bring it up, the situation, I want to say that warrior had staff. Okay. And just wasn't a good idea for him to be in the ring. So back then you had athletic commission, so you could kind of put the heat on them. I got it. Uh, but, but go back. I'm sorry. I'm going to do a sidebar here. When you, you talk about Yoko and, and Vader and their program and, and even going to the weight, both of those guys are monumental for because of their weight. They, they both were heavy. And Vince was really concerned for their health and just their overall well-being and sent sent them both at different times to Duke University because Duke University had this famous weight loss program and they, they put people through a lot of physical training and taught them nutrition and so on and so forth. And Leon spent some time at Duke. Uh, Yoko went and, and left. He, he didn't want to do it and wasn't comfortable doing it and, and was going to try and do it on his own But it's interesting. I I just bring it up as a sidebar because you'd made the weight comment and and it was just one of those deals where, yes, you know, you you promote these larger than life characters, but underneath all that, you, you have to worry about the human being and their health and every night going out and performing, physically performing and... You want to make sure their heart's okay and that, that um, God forbid, something happened to him. No, just I had do. to point that out.
0: I appreciate that. Um, from the June 3rd Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave writes, quote, unquote, the belief is Vader isn't getting over as the killer heel they'd hoped for, although he does look to be the favorite to win King of the Ring. It's being blamed on his weight. Not that Vader isn't too heavy, but inherently you can't make a killer heel out of someone who isn't pushed as a killer. Vader immediately got over with the monsoon angle, but since that point, his matches have been too long and too competitive for someone on his way up that they want to get over as a killer. Any response to that? Seems like a fair criticism as a fan.
1: Well, it is, but also, you know, as I say, he had let himself go a little bit too, and he wasn't the... He wasn't the killer that he had been in a previous life. He wasn't that agile big man. He became lumbering. He became slower. He became a little sloppier. And it's one thing to make somebody a killer and say, okay, he's a killer. But if he looks sloppy doing it, he becomes a sloppy, you know, a sloppy monster. And that was the issue at that
0: time. On June 9th in Chicago, things come to a head with Warrior and Vader. They've been working the house show loops together since May. And they're mostly squash matches with Warrior going over. And when I say squashes, I mean like a lot of these are under a minute. Uh, So Warrior has a jacked up shoulder at the time and Vader has a bad hip. Either way, on this show, uh, Warrior is doing a series of clotheslines and eventually Vader just gets fed up and walks out. He walks to the back and Meltzer would report Quote, officials basically told him if he didn't walk back in, he might as well walk all the way back to Colorado and not come back. He got back in the ring and did the match, but ended up walking out again for the count rather than the pin. Bruce, do you remember this? Was Vader becoming difficult to work with here, or is this still him feeling like the company's picking on him?
1: I think it's more of a frustration of having to work with Warrior. Really? Okay. Yeah, and and going out, and I don't think it was so much of him feeling he was picked on or anything else. I think it was more of, and a lot of guys shared this sentiment working with warrior was that he, he too took advantage and took liberties with guys. And you know, it's, it's, it's funny saying that about warrior from Vader, when some people would Say argue the Vader. same thing about yeah. Vader, but when the bully gets picked on, they don't like it. And so, you know, Leon didn't like it. And, he wanted warrior to work with him and warrior just wanted to go out and be warrior, do his stuff and get out of there.
0: Well, eventually uh, warrior starts no showing and that works itself out. He is then replaced by Ahmed Johnson. So of course, Ahmed starts squashing Vader on all the house shows. Uh, But eventually Vader does get to win on TV for the King of the ring tournament match. And then in June of 96, it's time for the King of the ring, but Vader loses by DQ to Jake Roberts and then later in the main event with Sean and Bulldog, Warrior Invader were involved with Warrior slamming Vader off the top as the big spot. This begs the question, you know, he starts the year so dominant. Was Vader ever considered to win the King of Ring 96? Of course, things turned out pretty okay for Austin, who did win that year. But was Vader even given any consideration that you recall about being the winner of the King of the Ring?
1: No, because that was, it was actually, I believe at that time, the original consideration was for Triple H. Right. And then to then, be the King of the Ring, And, then the, uh, and then the curtain call And then the curtain call took place, and it was like, okay, well, who else can we put this on and put some steam behind them? And You felt it like was, Vader was
0: already made? I'm sorry? And did you feel like Vader was already made, so he didn't need it? Oh, yeah, it? without
1: a doubt, he didn't need it. Yeah. Yeah, Vader didn't need it, and it was... Um, I believe it was Jake Roberts who suggested let's go with Austin for the king of the ring.
0: Uh, we'll talk about that in great detail at some point. I'm sure, uh, the next month in your house, international incident, this is another six man, uh, Vader was pretty popular in these again, it's Vader Owen Hart and the British Bulldog this time they're taking on psycho Sid, Ahmed Johnson and Shawn Michaels, um, this ends with vader getting the pin over sean but it is a little bit of a screw job it's not a clean pin uh and it comes up at this time that the company is really coming down on him again about losing weight uh and it's been reported that in july he weighed in at 360 uh after originally coming in at 410 um is this the fir- who's the first guy you remember that the company made an issue out of their weight? I know you just talked about Yoko, but was he the first guy or going back to your early tenure with the company was somebody else ahead of him?
1: I would say probably to this level, it's probably Vader.
0: Vader's the first guy who's, who's really suffering with that this Vince issue.
1: was concerned with, yes, and that, that was like, you know damn it, because he knew what he knew what Vader was capable of. He I had see. seen him in a lighter weight. He had seen him move like a, um, a junior heavyweight. I mean, you, you go back and watch early Vader, he moved. He did some incredible things for a big man. And Vince's point was simply, if you lost the weight, man, you're, you're in the competition again. You're in it. But you're slower, you're sloppier, you don't look as good. Let's get some of that weight off of you. And, and he was worried for his well-being as well. So that was about the time, and I want, it's probably the time that they sent him to Duke.
0: Um, August is SummerSlam, and this is the famous match everybody wants to talk about. We got tons of tweets about this. Uh, it also won the uh, Observer Reader Poll for the match of the night for SummerSlam 96, and Meltzer gave it four stars. Uh, Sean beat Vader here uh, in the main event. Uh, But Vader showed up in better shape for sure. So all of this uh, counseling about weight had started to help. Um, At one point, Vader drops Sean across the guardrail guardrail throat first and wins by countout. Of course, the belt doesn't change hands that way. So Coronet demands the match be restarted. And once it's restarted, uh, Coronet has his racket involved. And then Sean hits Vader with it. So Vader wins again, this time by DQ. Same uh, as before, Cornette wants it restarted because he wants the belt, and the belt can't change hands on a DQ. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon is involved here, and he agrees. So they restart the match, and Shawn hits the super kick, but Vader kicks out. A ref bump happens, and then a powerbomb, a cover, but there's no ref. Eventually, a second ref comes in, but Shawn kicks out. Uh, So Vader goes for the Vader bomb, but Cornette tells him to go higher and do a moonsault. So he keeps going, and, of course, he misses. Eventually, Shawn gets the pin, and Meltzer says it was Vader's best match at the time, and it's hard to argue. Uh, Maybe the best match he has besides the In Your House Final Four, which we'll get to. And now what everybody wants to know uh, is during the match, right before the countout, the first um, victory, before the restart of the match, Shawn gets Vader down finally and then signals for an elbow drop from the top. He climbs to the top rope, And then jumps off, but just lands on his feet and then kicks Vader solid the head and then gets down in his face and starts screaming at him to move. Kicks him again and then screams, move, asshole. Uh, This supposedly changes everything. And I want you to kind of separate some rumors and innuendo here because those would lead you to believe that this was the first of a series of three matches. Uh, Sean was supposed to win the SummerSlam match with a lot of shenanigans. And then Vader would win matches with different opponents in September and October at those pay-per-views, and then ultimately beat Shawn for the belt at Survivor Series at Madison Square Garden, then headline the December In Your House as the champ, which was already being called In Your House It's Time, uh, and then drop the belt to Shawn in Shawn's hometown of San Antonio at the Royal Rumble. Uh, that would, of course, set up Bret and Shawn for their rematch at WrestleMania, None of this happened at all, and everyone points to Shawn as the reason why. In an interview since, uh, Corny kind of points to this match and says that Shawn Michaels was spoiled, and everyone in the WWF catered to him and kowtowed to him and worked softer with him, and he said that Vader worked stiffer and wouldn't cater to Shawn. And he cites a specific example of a house show in Tulsa where Vader pulled Shawn's hair and peppered him a few times in the corner So Sean grabbed a hold and told him if he ever did that again, he would be fired. And then Leon was crying after the match, and it was kind of reverse bullying. But Sean just did not want to take the bumps of working with Vader and got it all changed. So that's what's out there. Now, what really happened?
1: Well, uh, going back to the storyline and and what all was going to take place, and, and that was essentially what you laid out was the storyline of, of, Vader and Sean and then Vader eventually getting the title and then dropping it back in San Antonio in the Alamodome. The SummerSlam match was the catalyst where it was. Yeah, maybe not. And you know, you talk about the spots where, okay, well Sean landed on his feet because I believe that the spot that Sean had called was for Vader to move (laughs) for the elbow and Vader didn't move. Yeah. So, you know, Sean got upset. Sean was, you know, that temperamental talent back then. And you could see it in the match and Sean getting pissed off at him, getting in the corner and yelling and screaming in his face and telling him to do things. And it flustered Vader. And I didn't, you know, the match was okay. Okay but it wasn't what it probably should have been. And I think that, you know, I know Sean doesn't, I mean, uh, Cornette doesn't particularly care for Sean, but it was at a time that Sean was the man and Sean was, you know, the guy and Vince protected him and listened to him. But as far as being too stiff, you know, Sean was snug too with guys. And Sean didn't mind guys being snug. He just didn't want people taking liberties, and and I don't think anybody did.
0: Well, hang on now. Um, For Vader to not move here, couldn't that just be a case if he didn't hear him? Sure. So for him to then just start yelling, where you can even hear it on tape all this time later, MOVE! Oh, Isn't yeah, un- you, you,
1: can, you can hear him screaming in his face in the corner on a spot where, where Sean gets up on the second rope, too.
0: Is this not you know? just unprofessional as a motherfucker?
1: Oh, without a doubt. Sean was unprofessional at the time. But also th- at the, but also at the this- same time, from a worker standpoint, there, there were, hey, Sean wasn't the only one that didn't want to work with Vader. Vader was stiff, and Vader would go out and take liberties with smaller guys. Sean wasn't the only one. Sean was the one with the stroke,
0: let me just go ahead and go on record right now. Direct your hate tweets to me at, hey, hey, it's Conrad. This and shit like this is why Ric Flair is the greatest of all time and Sean's number two. Never did I ever see Rick get down in somebody's face and start yelling spots and then kick them in the head and throw a temper tantrum in a match. Now, he threw one backstage, sure, but that's where it belongs. But out in the middle of a match. This just seems
1: like No, Rex, I, I bet you Rex and frustrated and done similar stuff. Probably not on a big pay-per-view. And you're right. It is unprofessional. And it was very unprofessional on all levels. And we had a very unprofessional, spoiled brat at the time in Sean.
0: So rather than fix it, let's just cater to him. And let's squash a guy we just made a big investment in to appease our drug-addled but, but again, immature. hang on. But
1: Vader, was, Vader wasn't innocent in all this. Okay. Wait, not here. Sean it, wasn't and Sean wasn't the only guy that didn't want to work with Vader,
0: I get that. But to go out here, you, who cares if you want to work with Vader? It's your fucking job. Go out there and do it, and not show your ass. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with I don't know running your company and not letting okay, your well, champion be a petulant child?
1: But what's wrong with a guy telling a guy that goes out and takes liberties with people? Hey, if you're going to go out and take liberties with people, then we're going to do something else with you.
0: Well, no, that's fine. But at this point, when he's yelling spots at him, maybe he just didn't hear him. I mean, I, I've never heard that from anybody else. And m- maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe oh, it it, it happens
1: all. all the time. I mean, that that's, and it really does with, with different guys. And that was an unprofessional spot in a very high-profile match. So, I mean, it's just a famous one that, so in in the end, end, that it, happened to be on a pay-per-view and, and live eternally.
0: Okay, uh, just clear it up, because everybody who's going to hear this is going to say you're still a WWF apologist. Uh, who was You said but, uh, Vader's not innocent in this. Who's more wrong, Sean or Vader?
1: Oh, Sean was probably wrong for the way that he reacted and the way that he lashed out in the middle of the match. Like you said, there's a time and a place for that. There's a, there's a time to come back. You correct it. You correct it in the ring. And then you come back, and if you want to yell and scream, yell and scream in the back. You don't do it where there's cameras around and microphones where everybody can hear you and, and see it and go, what the hell is he yelling at him for?
0: Uh, the next month, September, is In Your House Mind Games. It originally kicked around the name of being Hard Knocks. Uh, Vader, Ahmed Johnson was supposed to be the original plan. Instead, after Sean pitched a fit, Sid beat Vader. Uh, and around this time, Vader started using his power bomb as a finisher, Uh, just kind of to set up more matches with Sid over who has the better powerbomb, and it was marketed as such. Uh, In late September, it's still being reported that Vader's in line for a title run. He just needs to continue to drop the weight. And he did actually beat Vader, uh, I'm sorry, Vader beat Sid on TV. And what would turn out to be Sid's first loss of this run with the WWF, at least on television, when did you guys officially change course? Because there's kind of teeter-tottering here about, you know, when the decision is going to be, Hey, we're putting Sid in Vader's spot. That wasn't right after SummerSlam, was it? Was it a month later? Was it the next night? Or did Vince just kind no, of... No, it,
1: it it probably, it probably took a while. You know, it probably took a while for, you know, either Sean being in Vince's ear constantly or just, you know, looking at him and, and wanting to see what he wanted to see. Uh, God yeah. damn, you're right. Ugh. And if if which is typical, especially in the business, that there's somebody to jump on and pick on. Well, hey, everybody can go jump on him,
0: right? Uh, and so se- an, he was an easy he was an easy mark at that point. In September, Vader's working on top, uh, still with house shows with Sean. And Vader and Cornette actually earn a clean victory with a Vader bomb over Shawn Michaels and Jose Lothario. They were using these kind of mixed tag type situations with. You know, wrestler manager combinations on a lot of house show loops, and Cornett has said at this time that Shawn Michaels he felt was very rude and disrespectful in the way he handled Jose Lothario during this time. What are your thoughts or memories? Did Shawn enjoy working with Jose Lothario here? Do you have any interesting insight on that? Well, it was
1: it was Shawn's idea to work with Jose Lothario, you know. So, and well, it might have might have originally been my idea, but at the same time, because. Jose trained Sean and I, I go way back with Jose from Texas days, but Sean was wholly on board with the deal. And uh, I never, I never witnessed Sean mistreating Jose at all. So I I can't really comment to that because I never saw that. And Sean was always in, at least in my presence and what I witnessed, he was respectful to Jose and it was Sean who liked the idea of having Jose a part of this thing all the way through the Royal Rumble.
0: You're baby-facing a little bit. Why's that? Well, in private, you've told me Sean wanted no part of doing this Jose Lothario shit.
1: He didn't want, any, he didn't want it to go on. He wanted it to end at San Antonio. Okay. Yeah, and but the, the other side of that is Jose wanted it to go on. I got it. And there was talk of it to go on. Sean didn't want it, and Sean wanted it. It, San Antonio Swan song that's it goodbye I'm going on my own because Sean felt also at that time that here he is the heartbreak kid with an old man yeah next to him so but it wasn't yeah the question was is if he was disrespectful or anything to Jose and I never saw that no okay. and Sean was on board the whole San Antonio thing was a homecoming for Sean and Jose
0: Uh, During the month of October, the rest of the month, um, Vader is losing house show matches to Shawn Michaels in the main events. Um, The next pay-per-view in October 96 is In Your House, Buried Alive, and this was originally supposed to be Vader going over Sid, uh, which would put him against Shawn Michaels in Survivor Series. So it's supposed to be, if you're keeping score, the two shows between SummerSlam and Survivor Series, Vader over Ahmed Johnson, Instead, he loses to uh, Sid, and then it was supposed to be Vader over Sid. Instead, he loses to Sid, this time by a choke chokeslam. Uh, in October, a fight group in Japan called U-Japan is looking for uh, a fight against a former UFC fighter, Kimo. And they wanted Vader and briefly even advertised it, uh, but it wound up falling on the same day as Survivor Series, so they had to call an audible and wound up going with Bam Bam Bigelow. Bigelow was allegedly paid like seventy-five grand for this. How did you guys even consider Vader doing this? I know he had it in his contract where he could do other stuff and do stuff in Japan, but it doesn't seem like this is something Vince would have ever agreed to. Obviously, he didn't, but how did he even get this far where they felt comfortable enough to advertise him?
1: You got me. Uh, They probably felt, you know, talking to, they probably were talking to Vader and his people saying, oh, yeah, we can get this done. We can get this done. I see. Which uh, that happens all the time over there.
0: Uh, In November, Vader's losing all his house shows uh, to Sid. So uh, the streak continues. The bright spot this month is an appearance on Boy Meets World where he actually has a match on the show with Jake Roberts. And this was taped in Anaheim back in October. Uh, The downside of this is that he broke his foot during the match. This streak kind of continues here. Uh, You were involved in this filming. Uh, Vader had three spots on Boy Meets World, I believe, uh, three separate episodes. But on this particular one, you were involved, and I can't believe it, considering what we talked about last week, but Barry Windham as the stalker was involved in this Boy Meets World uh, episode as well. What are your memories of this October 96 taping of Boy Meets World
1: how was the stalker involved? I don't remember that part.
0: Yeah, he was just in the background. But he's there. Oh, okay.
1: The creators, the executive producers, and uh, writers of Boy Meets World, big wrestling fans. And they were big Vader fans. So during that time, in between contracts and everything, when Vader first did the Boy Meets World as one of the main characters' father, they just took every opportunity that they could to write Vader back into the scripts and come to find out at the time they had called about using Vader for it. And I was the one that was the liaison with them at that point for this particular shoot. And they said, Hey man, and goes, is there any way that we could get brother love on there? And I said, no, absolutely not. Um, Vince will never go for it and i was just 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 asking you as
0: brother love right and and we're a big fan of the character and since you were the guy doing it they just thought they'd ask
1: yes okay and i said vince would never go for it and they they asked and Vince said sure go ahead pal and so that's that's how i got on it but i I was on doing color i was doing commentary i was actually doing play-by-play on the thing as brother love but it was a lot of fun. They, they did stuff in the arena. We had to do a spot where the kids ran down during the match. And it was a, 16 Candles, I think, is the name of the episode. And they were getting advice from, from the dad and going down during the ring, and they had to shoot it three or four different times. So we had to work out three or four different spots where Vader ended up on the outside of the ring for them to run down and film this stuff. But it was fun. It was it was an interesting experience. Uh, to this day, I still get royalty checks for that. Really? Oh, yeah. I think the last one was like seven cents or something like that.
0: See, and you guys don't think I can get him to talk about money. Boom. Two weeks in There the you row. go. Uh, at Survivor Series 96, Vader is teaming with Farouk and the Fake Razor and the Fake Diesel to take on Flash Funk, Jimmy Snuka, Savio Vega, and Yokozuna. It ends in a double DQ. Meanwhile... Sid as Invader Spot winning the world title from Shawn Michaels in the main event, so this goes uh, to prove a point. Kids, uh, be sure to be on Shawn Michaels' good side, or else she will be tagging with Fake Razor and Fake Diesel. Uh, there you go. Admit, admit. I mid. <laughs> in mid- the- damn, pal. Uh, well, you I hate that son of a bitch. Oh wait, yeah. How did we just talk about Cornet right there? And we didn't even
1: entertain him one goddamn time, you motherfuckers. Fuck you, I'm fat too. But so I'm not going to Duke University. <laughs> Swim with weights, eat goddamn salad. a double whopper with cheese, extra cheese, extra mayo and onion, motherfucker.
0: Um spend my days working
1: hard on here we the go.
0: go. Here we go. I'm
1: just getting all my requests in here, you know.
0: Uh well, at Duke University, uh, I'm sure they have lots of salad, but what type of salad do they definitely not have?
1: Well, the you know. We you know. you, you, you take the chicken and you chop chop it up and then you mix it with the mayonnaise, you know. We well, you, you know. And then you, you know, you you take the walnuts, you know, and you chop them up with the grapes, you know, and you and it's chicken salad, you, you know.
0: In mid-December, uh, Bischoff showed a clip on Nitro of Hogan beating Vader in WCW and referred to Vader as a quote "big tub of goo." Uh, do you think? Vince's opinion of Vader is influenced by stuff like this, or do you think this is just Bischoff reading the dirt sheets and fueling the fire?
1: Oh, probably just, you know, I, I don't want to speak for Eric, but I'm sure it was just any chance to knock some of our guys.
0: But you don't think, um, Vince paid this any mind? No. He decided on his own that Vader was a fat <laughs> type of goo. He didn't need any help.
1: Exactly.
0: Some useless trivia here, kids. December 96, The Rock is handed his first ever WWF loss by Vader, and it happens at a house show in Hull, Quebec. So if you ever want to know, you know, how that happened. There you go. December 96, we start seeing the breakup of Jim Cornette and Vader. Uh, Cornette stops making all of the towns with him uh, and eventually just kind of fades himself out. I'm curious, kind of behind the scenes, Bruce, do you remember, is this because Cornette was being used on the weekend TV shows at the time, like Superstars Commentary and Livewire, and therefore he couldn't go on the road? Or why do they pull him away from Vader at this point?
1: All the above. And add to that the fact that Cornette hates flying, yeah. which I think it's hilarious that he goes overseas and, and does these things in the U.K. now and and goes over. Money's the F- hell. 18 Xanax and 42 Valium. And I'll drink a bottle of scotch before I get on the plane. He I need drink. baby to be with me to make sure I get off the plane and get my sprite when I land. I
0: think he's on sprite zero now. Things have changed. Hey, corny looks good. Last time I saw him.
1: Well, I mean for corny.
0: Uh, thank you. And, you know. des- and des- <laughs> the December pay per view as a reminder is uh, in your house. It's time, and it's from Florida. Uh, the main event is Bret Hart versus Sid. Process that. The name of the show is It's Time. Vader isn't on it. Uh, Rumble 97 is notable for a lot of reasons, and I'm sure we'll cover that show at one point. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows. Uh, the 20th anniversary of it being in San Antonio is this coming January, so I'm going to push the shit out of that on a show one day and, and encourage you guys to vote for it. Here's a teaser for now. This is the first time that Jr wore a cowboy hat on television and finally agreed to be good old Jr. And on that show, Vader loses a singles match to The Undertaker. It's not very good. But the real story is the 30-man rumble. Uh, This is the one where Bret eliminated Austin, but the ref didn't see it. So Austin sneaks back in the ring and then dumps Vader, Undertaker, and fake Diesel together. uh, And then eventually dumps Hart to win the match. And this sets up the final four pay-per-view for February. And I love this concept. I think this was great booking here, Bruce. As a fan, I was into it. Whose idea was this to have Austin get eliminated, but then sneak back in and then set up this final four piece of business? Do you remember whose idea it was and then why these four guys were picked?
1: I want to say that was Jake the Snake. And, wow. Okay, cool. Hey, man, Jake's got a great mind. Uh, you talk about a topic for a show, Jake the Snake, uh, you know, all the good and bad, but Jake oftentimes gets demonized for his demons, but behind the scenes and inside that head of his is a genius. And Jake is responsible for the the success of so many talent through the years, just, you know, sitting them under the learning tree and dropping some knowledge on them. And Jake was involved behind the scenes this time, helping us out with stuff. And that sounds like a Jake deal. And Jake was a huge fan of Austin.
0: Uh, At the end of January, Vader has pneumonia and tries to work through it. Uh, but it catches up with him in February, and he has to miss some shots. Uh, before he gets out of there, though, he does uh, get a win at Raw in the Sky Dome, which I remember being a big deal. Uh, he beats Austin, but only by DQ because Austin gives the ref a stunner. So they're really starting to push Stone Cold here. And Bruce, as I was researching this, I found myself thinking, and you're probably catching on to this now, God, sure does seem like Vader is sick or hurt a lot. Is this one of the overwhelming opinions of the office that ultimately results in some guys kind of souring on him?
1: Ding, ding, ding. That was, I mean, that was the rap. It was always something. It was, it was always something, it seemed like. And, of course, Vince goes back to the weight. You know, you drop 50 or 60 pounds, you wouldn't have these problems. So it, it was a vicious cycle.
0: Uh, In Your House Final Four. We've talked about it a little bit already. It's in Chattanooga. It's February 97. It's Bret Hart, Undertaker, Steve Austin, and Vader in the main event. And there's a big spot uh, where Vader's grabbing a chair, but Undertaker kicks it into his face, causing Vader to bleed like a stuck pig. And there's lots of debate here, Bruce, and I want you to kind of clear up the rumors and innuendo. The WWF had been taking WCW to task for bleeding. And WWF acts like this was a hard way, but instead of shooting around it, Like they do normally when a hard way happens, they shoot this and it even makes the cover of the raw magazine. So this looks like a blade job. Was it a blade job?
1: No, it was a hard way. That's why they shot it the way they did. And that's why they put it on the magazine. His whole, his whole, uh, eyelid was gashed open.
0: Uh, they use a lot of weapons in this, and eventually Brett superplex Vader while standing on the top rope, and Vader nearly takes the bump on his head. A uh, scary deal there. Eventually, Vader is eliminated, when he's given a low blow. As he set up a Vader bomb, he goes over the top rope, and uh, Brett ultimately winds up winning the belt. It's a fun match. I'm sure For guys like this, with all these different rules, it had to be difficult to book. This is only a title match, if you're paying attention. Uh, this is only a title match because Sean had lost his smile and forfeited the belt. Was uh, Brett winning the belt here the only idea that was ever discussed? I mean, do you remember back, you know, when, when he goes on TV and drops the the belt when Sean decides to lose his smile? Is, is the His
1: mom him? told him that he lost his smile, well, so he was going to go find it.
0: Okay, while he's looking for that, I don't know if he found it backstage or not. Did you guys decide... Hey, got to put it on Brett. That's the solution. Was it a medium? No, I, everybody
1: or? was considered, frankly.
0: Why Why did Brett get the nod here instead of somebody else? Do you remember?
1: I, I don't. It was just simply, let, let's go with Brett, because Brett was the baby face. And let's go with Brett. You know, there, there was Sid. Everybody, frankly, was considered.
0: Um, that's fine. You know, even Sid was considered vader main events uh thursday raw thursday against brett here on raw and then it comes in uh, in february that vader has lost like 40 pounds uh and this is accredited still with all the work they did at duke university and the nutritionist they put him with and a lot of people are crediting his performance at the final four pay-per-view to him being lighter um do you remember like what a punishment was i know you said oh we'd send them to duke university but was anybody like fined overweight or was there some sort of punishment
1: yes fines guys guys through the years have been fined when they've been asked to hit a certain weight and asked to lose weight and if they don't hit it they're fined yes
0: give me an idea though like i know you're going to be very annoyed how much is a fine
1: it depends. Uh, there's been fines of upwards of uh, five digits.
0: $10,000 for a fucking weight thing? Yep. Wow, okay. Uh, time to die, I guess. Uh, WrestleMania 13 saw Owen and Bulldog beat Mankind and Vader. Meanwhile, Sid's in the main event dropping the belt to The Undertaker. I find this fascinating. You just can't help but go back to SummerSlam and wonder... Should Vader have main evented SummerSlam and then won the belt at Survivor Series and then main event of the December in your house and then main event of the Royal Rumble with Sean and then when Sean loses his smile, would he have won the belt in February in the main event and then in March main evented against the Undertaker and dropped it to him? We'll never know because the heartbreak he had broke Vader's heart.
1: Shit happens.
0: I'm curious about this. Uh, In March, uh, it was announced that AAA uh, had signed Vader, Mankind, and Undertaker for their Triple Mania show. And uh, this is probably a little bit of a talent exchange that you guys were doing because they were all over the Royal Rumble that year. And since we mentioned Mexico here, let's talk about it. Mini Vader, whose idea was that? And what did Vader think about it? Was that a rib?
1: Vader was probably the only guy that really hated it. And the mini Vader was, mini Vader and mini uh, Mankind, both of them were great. They were great. The mini Vader looked just like a mini Vader. He shaved his head like Vader the whole nine yards. And the whole idea behind it was, the idea was uh, Antonio Pena with AAA. And he asked, okay, we're doing this talent exchange and what have you. And explain the the whole minis in Mexico, and they would have like Mascarita Sagrada, and then they would have Mascarita Sagrada Jr., which would be a mini. Uh, a small person. And since we were doing talent trades and doing stuff, he asked if they could do something with some of our characters. And this was the experiment. So yeah, let's try it out. And personally, I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, to me, it was hilarious. It was entertaining. The audience loved it. And, um, but Leon was about the only guy that I remember that did not like it at all.
0: Now there was even a mini gold dust at one point,
1: which was kind yeah, of yeah. Mini Goldust was great.
0: I'm a big fan of the mini Vader. I think mini Vader is my favorite mini of all the minis. Feels like yeah. Mini.
1: Yeah.
0: Feels like a rib, though. I mean, but then again, dumping a whole tray of food on a guy, not a rib. Um, It's a spot. (laughs) Vader was... That's a great shirt. It's not a rib, it's a spot. Uh, Vader was supposed to headline, In Your House, Taker's Revenge, against The Undertaker for the title, but uh, he had a deep knee bruise that needed to be drained, so he opted to rest it. So they switched that out for Mankind in the main event. So you said a minute ago... It was always something. Does Vader take himself out of the main event here? and say, like, "Oh, my knees hurting guys.
1: Well, here's, here's here's the deal. When you have someone that, that is always injured and you put them in spots, do you want to bank on them? No. So that's,
0: that's kind of the issue. So, Vader, and so Vader if he's complaining it,
1: about being injured. How can he work?
0: I understand. So y'all just thought you'd be proactive and made a switch. Exactly. October 6th raw. This is something I've always wanted to talk about. Never knew when we could. Here it is. Ken Shamrock beats Vernon White via tap out from real punches that opened Vernon up. He's an old pancreas fighter. Uh, Vernon needed nine stitches to close it. And the camera shot away from the blood. And this has been edited since. It's on the WWE Network or it's on WWE's YouTube. I saw it somewhere and it's been edited. Um, so the blood was not planned. But the rest of the show, there were like two huge splotches of blood all over the mat, and Vince McMahon then goes on to plug the UFC pay-per-view, something that you would not normally see, and uh, maybe until this year. Uh, and he said that no holds barred fighting is underst- misunderstood by many Americans, and um, he refers to jujitsu as jujitsu. And Vader-, Vader comes out and has a confrontation with Shamrock, uh, and then. Uh, Destroys a guy using stiff blows and submissions. Um, What are your memories of this Ken Shamrock, Vernon White thing? Not really a shoot, but it's a thing.
1: Well, first of all, in the King's English, the correct pronunciation of of that word is jujitsu, mixed martial arts. So I'm sure that was just the correct English. So um, that's that's that has to be what it is. Sure. The the idea with the Shamrock match was to get Kenny over. It was supposed to be an exhibition, and all of a sudden, you know, national television and somebody takes some liberties and Ken ends up beating the shit out of him. Um
0: So Vernon knows going in it's not a shoot and Ken's gonna win but make it look good and then Ken goes in there and just doesn't pull his foot off the gas
1: the young gentleman was paid to take an ass whooping
0: after you saw all the blood did you pay him more
1: he was paid to take an ass whooping
0: did you feel bad when he came to the back and got smashed
1: he knew what was gonna happen
0: okay so there we go so he
1: knew exactly what was gonna happen and it happened
0: got that ass whooped
1: got that ass whooped you'd be you would you would be amazed what some people would do for five grand yeah if that's what you know who knows ten grand who knows oh I do but I'm not gonna share that
0: uh, let's play the price, let's play the Prices Right with it. I'm going to say <laughs> uh, in April '97, a live ass whooping on Raw to Ken Shamrock. Can I bid, uh, Bob Barker, five thousand dollars? All right, your turn to bid, Bruce Pritchard? Plinko. Late April, uh, Shamrock starts doing promos challenging Mike Tyson or Vader. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't everybody? Vader. Buster Douglas tried that shit, too. Um, Vader squashes Jesse James in a minute, uh, and then Ross tries to interview Vader, and Vader starts threatening him, so Shamrock interferes and gives Vader a belly-to-belly suplex. This sets up the May 97 in-your-house cold day in hell, with Shamrock and Vader having the most interesting match of the night. Uh, Vader's legs were shot from all the leg kicks to the point he couldn't even walk until the Friday after and needed fluid drained from his knee again, not to mention catching a knee to the nose that broke the nose in four places. Uh, So this was kind of Shamrock's coming out party. Uh, He beat up Vernon, and then he beat up Leon, and he wins with an ankle lock submission in about 13 minutes. I'm curious, man. This shoot-fight stuff helped me understand the thinking and how this belonged on the show. I thought the whole idea of professional wrestling was to not hurt each other
1: it was simply an idea to get uh, a way to get Ken Shamrock over as a legitimate tough guy. And he came from the shoot fight world of UFC had a name there and it was to make him different. And you know, Vader considering himself a tough guy, he liked to work stiff like that. And they both agreed to go out and do it.
0: When, when this gets, when this idea kind of gets floated around a booking meeting, I imagine it's like stick him in there with Vader.
1: <laughs> I mean, no, that's like, you know th- this is something where you you got to talk to the guys and make see what they're willing to do. And Leon was definitely on board, but sometimes you're on board until you get in the ring and you're getting the shit kicked out of you. And it's like, wait a minute, this hurts more than I remember it hurting about ten years ago when I was in shape and a badass and I was doing the ass kicking.
0: It sure does sound like in everything you're saying, hey, he likes hurting guys. He takes liberties with guys. Let's put him in there with a guy who takes liberties. Absolutely
1: not. No. No. It was, you want to do this.
0: Oh, yeah. We
1: can beat the hell out of each other. Even
0: when you're talking about it, though, you're like, oh, yeah. Maybe it would hurt so bad if you weren't so fat.
1: No. What I'm saying is, is that from, from his standpoint, thinking, well, hell, yeah. You know, I used to do that shit all the time. Yeah, I don't. Go ahead. But everybody, man, age takes its so toll on you after a while. He he wasn't, he wasn't that Vader anymore.
0: Well, now that we got him over strong there, on May 26th, Ahmed Johnson beats Vader in three minutes with a spine buster. And Meltzer writes, uh, It was as if they were killing off Vader because they left him dead, end quote. Uh, right after this vader has nasal surgery and was out a couple of weeks but now we're to what most people want to know about Uh, we really got bombarded with three things about vader sean michaels and this was number two kuwait here we go uh i didn't know this i did a little research on the plane ride over there there's supposedly an issue with vader and a flight attendant do you recall any details of that
1: I don't recall the details. I remember the the general um, incident, but I, I don't have any details. But uh, Loverboy Leon, he, oh here we he go, he earned that nickname because Leon liked the ladies.
0: Uh, did he touch someone inappropriately? Did he pull that rascal out? What did he do?
1: I don't know. I I, I honestly do not know. I don't remember. I know there. I remember because you bring it up that there was a an issue there and. What'd you, you do? Know, there were Did you have several write- issues over the years with with Leon and liking the ladies that uh, he, fa- he fancied himself a ladies man. And, and people would complain. Leon.
0: And people would complain.
1: Yeah, there were complaints on him, yeah.
0: So, this thing in this flight attendant situation, does Vince have to write a check to make this go away?
1: Vince didn't know. They didn't sue Vince. I don't oh. even know if they sued anybody, but they—I don't—I don't remember them going after Vince per se. It wasn't.
0: Okay, well, there's an incident. What does that mean? The police are involved. Someone files a complaint. Someone sues. I don't know.
1: You brought it up. You just said you. But I, I remember. It, no, I—I I just remember there was a complaint against against him at uh, some point there. What, so what's what does Vince say? May, I mean, it could have been an advance. It could have been you know, might have touched him inappropriate. I do not know. I don't remember
0: pretend okay i'm gonna be who would have been the person to tell vince that this happened
1: probably however we were informed of it maybe an agent maybe whoever the complaint was made to
0: okay i'm gonna pretend i'm gonna pretend that i am uh pat patterson no i don't i can't do an accent okay i'm a fucking agent and i'm gonna tell you vince mcmahon this complaint has just come down and i need you to kind of freestyle what you think vince's reaction would have been Oh, Mr. McMahon, we've had a complaint. Uh, old lover boy Leon's done it again. Damn Kuwaiti uh, uh, airplane attendant, flight attendant, done. got a little handsy with her. What would you like for me to do, Mr. MacMan?
1: God damn it, what the hell did he do?
0: Well, I think it was use of a foreign object. Did you see it? It was smelly. Well, goddamn!
1: of course it was.
0: What do you want me to do, Mr. McMahon? Find out what
1: the hell happened is his problem.
0: Should I go get some of those secret checks we used in the steroid era? I didn't touch her. I forgot. That was for McMahon's millions. I'm going to get your coffee now, sir. Make it black. Like that last chick we had to pay off for you? <laughs>
1: you're fucking brutal man
0: what i'm just freestyling that's what that was yeah
1: you're fucking brutal
0: okay on april 11th
1: none of that ever happened
0: no no it's just oh my gosh we just made that up we just freestyled all that it's all make believe
1: everybody all of our listeners are thinking oh my god that was just inside shit no it wasn't it will it will be reported in your little bitch boys column i was
0: 15 when this happened i had no inside knowledge
1: yeah. If uh, your pitch boy doesn't have any inside knowledge, he just makes shit up too. So, I mean, wait, why wait, the fuck does it matter if inside knowledge? When
0: I said that there was an incident and you said there was.
1: I so said there may have been, yeah.
0: Okay. On April 11th, Undertaker and Vader are promoting the WWF shows in Kuwait with the popular Kuwaiti morning show host, uh, Bassam Al-Othman. Allegedly, the questions that were to be asked were gone over ahead of time And the question as to whether or not wrestling was fake was on the list. Dave Hebner has accompanied the guys there as the WWF liaison and denied that the guys or anyone agreed to a fake question, but did say it was at the bottom of the list of questions they received. They just never got that far because it was the last question on the list. Well, of course, this guy leads with that question and asks it very early on. Um... The WWF would say that an English speaking producer there told the wrestlers to, quote, ham it up. And The Undertaker answered this question that it was entertainment, but the injuries were very real. Uh, Vader then responds kind of calmly that he's not as diplomatic and then grabs the guy, starts shaking him and saying the question is bullshit before shoving the guy down over some chairs. And there's like a table and a plant that's turned over in the process. They go to commercial, and when they come back, both Vader and the host are gone. And the host wasn't on the show again. And then, of course, the TV uh, folks called the police. Uh, So, Vader was arrested for assault and his conduct because you can't swear on television there. So, I know you don't remember in particular, but in this era, who would have been the person to set these type of interviews up? A local promoter?
1: Yeah, probably someone in the local market, whoever was promoting the shows. But... And and I, I unfortunately got a lot of information on this. The guys did know that question was coming. And Undertaker told everyone he would handle it. Just let him handle it. Just don't answer it. Don't remark. Just let him handle it. The guys were told not to touch anybody. And, you know, obviously no cussing. No kind of language like that. And especially when you're in a... You're in a foreign land. You're a guest, right? So you, you act appropriately and accordingly. And there, there probably was a time, not probably there was a time in the business that you would handle that question in that way. You know, it's funny when you look back on it because the business has always been entertainment and, Guys would get insulted and offended when someone would ask them, well, isn't this entertainment? Most of the time they would use the word fake. The business is not fake. I hate that word. It's not fake. It's entertainment. And they're highly trained athletes. The shit they do hurts. And not just any Yahoo can go in and do what they do. So it is offensive when someone calls you a fake. But... When it's your business and you get hit with, you, you do, you get hit with it all the time. You can either handle it the tactful way and move on and take the uh, interview somewhere else. Back in the day, you would be the bully way and you would, I'll show you what's fake. You know, the, the uh, uh, man, I can't think of his name. John, John Stossel, Stoffel. uh, Dr. D. Dr. D, yeah. You know, you you can handle it that way, and guys used to like to, "I'll show you what's fake." Well, come on, man. Well, it's entertainment, and there was no reason there was no reason to handle it that way. And you know, the agent, as you said, was was Dave Hebner, and um, I'm sure I'm I'm sure Dave went over all of that stuff with him, and I know he did because you know Taker told me he did. So it's um, yeah, we get a phone call.
0: Well, um, who I mean, who who gets a call? Like, who's the first guy that's called? Does someone have a straight line to Vince?
1: Probably Vince. Yeah, in this instance, it was probably Vince. I think Jerry Briscoe was also on the tour as the head agent. So they probably got a hold of Jerry and Jerry probably got a hold of Vince. I don't know what the chain of command was, but yeah, I got back to Vince and we had a situation on our hands because they arrested Leon and they placed him under house arrest at his hotel and told him to stay in his room and he couldn't come out.
0: Yeah. So he's detained in his hotel room while the rest of the WWF tour returned home two days later. Uh, his hearing was set up for April twenty second. Uh, the incident, as a reminder, happened on the eleventh, and this got national coverage and was even on Good Morning America on the eighteenth, uh, a whole week afterwards. And you guys supposedly sent out a press release on the fourteenth, so three days later, three uh, days later, and even said that Vince McMahon would be made available for interviews regarding the story, which kind of seemed odd to me. Uh, and the WWF even announced that a press conference would be held on April 25th, uh, allegedly trying to get Vader booked on Good Morning America. Around this time, Bischoff comes out and sees all this and puts it together. And being a wrestling person, everything's a work. He called this a hoax, which is what, you know, mainstream media would know rather than the term work, and claimed that Titan was just recreating the whole John Stossel incident that you just mentioned. <laughs> Uh, supposedly USA today had begun working on a story, even talking to McMahon, but because Bischoff came forward with this claiming that it was just a publicity stunt, they didn't run the, uh, the story because they didn't want to be embarrassed if it wasn't legit, but all the boys on the tour and everybody in the office denies this was a work. Um, but it wasn't pushed immediately. So that kind of tells me that, Hey, this wasn't really a work. But when did you guys decide, hey, let's run with this. Let's make events available. Let's go with it. Let's hold a press conference. Let's send out press releases. It's smart business. I get why it's done that way. But do you remember when you thought, hey, shit, let's try to do something with this?
1: Well, when the media started getting a hold of it and running with it, you know, you try to smooth everything over. You try to make your apologies and do whatever you need to do to, to make things right with everybody involved. And... Just kind of move on next. And that didn't happen. And they, the announcer, the interviewer, he pushed it. The Kuwaiti government pushed it. And more and more people started learning about it. And it started catching on. And people started reporting on it. So we had to comment on it and felt that Vince was the best one probably to comment on it. So it was one of those deals. Okay, well, we got the publicity. Uh, No, you know, any publicity is good publicity. So let's go ahead and comment on it and get it out there and make some noise. So maybe when this guy comes back, we might have somebody that people will be interested in seeing. So, yeah, we did try to get him booked around the horn on talk shows and different places to to tell his side of the story.
0: I'm curious when a local promoter, you know, lines up an interview like this to promote the shows. Does he get to pick who he? I mean, does he does he pick who he's got, or do y'all just send two talents? I would I would imagine they request somebody.
1: Well, and, they yeah they always request someone, but we usually send them who we want to send them.
0: Okay. Um, something happened at the hotel, uh, the one where Vader is being detained. He's been there about uh, ten days. Uh, when. Like, more than a dozen cops show up, his lawyer, and even the U.S. Embassy is involved. Uh, And he would later be charged with disorderly conduct and public drunkenness. His story would be that he had had some uh, drinks and then didn't feel well, went to visit the doctor, and the doctor smelled alcohol on his breath, and then chaos ensued. I know you weren't there, but from your, your perspective, what really happened with this incident where all these cops and lawyers and the embassy are involved
1: well leon was under house arrest in the hotel which meant that he couldn't leave the hotel and he we would have several calls daily with him asking what the latest was on his developments and and when's he getting out when's he going to be able to come home we did have the u.s embassy involved we had a lot we had a lot of lawyers involved we had a lot of people involved in it trying to get him the hell out of the country and the Kuwaiti government and, and this interviewer was pushing the situation so i, I don't know what the hell I, I really nobody knows what really happened other than leon but, you know, he says that, like you said, he said he had a few drinks, wasn't feeling well. Um, having to deal with him during that period, he became very paranoid and, and fearful that they were going to come kidnap him one day and take him away, and we would never hear from Leon ever again. And he was seeing people, and and all these guys were down in the lobby. There were, you know, 10 guys in overcoats and, um it's just it just got crazy it just got crazy but we did have the embassy involved we had a lot of lawyers and, and a lot of people working on both sides trying to get him out of the damn country
0: so he just got drunk and went stupid
1: i guess i mean a- again he says well i I can't sit here i can't have a couple of drinks and says he got sick so no, i really don't no one knows what truly happened at that point you know the he probably went downstairs in the bar and probably mouth off to someone and and they see this guy on tv big american wrestler who beat up a poor interviewer and they're afraid oh my god is he going to beat all of us up so there's paranoia on all parts
0: uh later vince would say that the host of the show asked for a $35,000 cash settlement to drop the charges, but then the guy just disappeared, or at least that's Vince's story. Uh, Some of the boys called BS on that and said that Vince made an offer, but the host was doing very well for himself and turned it down. Um, It's worth mentioning all this happens over a religious holiday where the courts are shut down, so that kind of just stretches it out a little more. So Vader's just sitting there. When did you first hear about some sort of idea of Hey, let's just give the dude some money and make it go away.
1: Well, that's always a consideration in situations like this. It's it's okay when someone wants to make that big of a deal out of it. Usually, they're looking for a payday. I was like, what? What will make this go away? It's business. So, um, I don't know what the guy asked for if he asked for anything, but I'm sure there was negotiation there, saying, "Hey, what would make what would make this go away?"
0: In a situation like this, is uh, McDivitt the one making the negotiations or is Vince on the horn?
1: Oh, no. We probably have people over there just trying to test the waters and see what the hell's going on. Um, and w- there was no direct communication with Vince or McDivitt with these guys at all.
0: Uh, Vader got to come home uh, after about 10 days, but only after a hearing where he agreed to abide by the verdict. Uh, when he agreed, they gave him back his passport, and he was free to leave. But he's still facing up to a year in prison and fines. Were you ever concerned that Vader was going to do any time for this? Me personally? Yes.
1: <laughs> Not really. The
0: I mean, I realize that's ridiculous by American standards, it but it's is, fucking but it's, Kuwait. So, I know. And I mean, they, they, they're, and they're, they're, they're cutting people's hands off in the Middle East for stealing. So um, yeah. this is a different part of the world.
1: The, the fear was that we just didn't want him to leave the whole thing. He wanted to get out of that hotel so damn bad. And our thing was, stay in the hotel. They can't touch you if you stay in the hotel. You walk outside of the hotel, you're fair game. So we didn't want him to go stir crazy and get outside of the hotel and end up in a Kuwaiti jail. Because then we may not have ever seen him again. So it was, it was crazy, man. It was just a crazy, crazy time. And the goal was just very simply, do what you need to do, say what you need to say to get the hell out of that country. Get your passport back, get on a plane, head west, and get back over here.
0: So Once he's back, Vince held a press conference in Manhattan. Vader wore his mask. Uh, and he said he wasn't going to apologize for the incident and claimed that the host agreed to drop the charges for $25,000, uh, but hours later instead asked for a figure in excess of $400,000. None of this made Good Morning America, uh, but it did make extra. Uh, do you know if at any point the host ever tried to extort money, or is this just Leon being Leon?
1: It wouldn't surprise me because they're... they're. Um... There were some shady shenanigans there, but I, I don't know how much the guy asked for or, or what he asked for. And the whole, the whole situation was trying to deal with it from a legal standpoint. Were their laws broken? Is this guy really going to press charges? And, and what, what can happen? So get him out of the country. We'll deal with it.
0: On April 28th, uh, Jim Ross did a promo with Vader saying that every wrestler's been asked that question a million times and he should have known better. So Vader attacks Ross. He knocks the cowboy hat off, grabs his glasses, and then grabs him by the throat and teases that he's going to attack him when Shamrock does a run-in and gives Vader a belly-to-belly suplex uh, and then fled the scene. We just kind of talked about that was building up Cold Day in Hell. Uh, the court date in Kuwait for all these charges was postponed a few extra days. It actually goes down on June 14th, and he didn't have to go back. He, being Vader, his Kuwaiti lawyer, pled his case. Uh, Vader was fined $166. Uh, cash. Cash, but still was facing civil action. Uh, the host did end up asking for what was the equivalent of 398000 at the time um do you know if anything ever came with a civil suit did you ever hear anything about it again
1: no i don't think anything anything ever came to the uh civil suit but but vader was fined heavily by the wwf for his actions. so
0: and and that
1: he he ended up paying dearly
0: that is a result of all the lawyer fees and man hour times that you guys had to put into this correct um north of a 100
1: it's expensive
0: Uh, In Your House Canadian Stampede in July had Vader losing to The Undertaker in a title match. choke chokeslam and a tombstone got the job done. It's important to mention here uh, that this is the time frame where Paul Bearer is alleging that The Undertaker is a murderer and that he has killed his brother. So this is pre-Kane. So Paul Bearer has Vader fighting his battles for him against The Undertaker. And the next month, he was supposed to wrestle Sid at SummerSlam, uh, but Sid's not able to make it happen. He's in a car wreck and isn't well, even collapsing backstage before being rushed to the hospital. So it seems like this Sid Vader match was just doomed, man. Uh, it was supposed to happen at Starcade 93, and now it's supposed to happen here at SummerSlam 97. It doesn't happen either time. It happens on smaller shows, but for whatever reason, it's what it meant to be here. Thank God. Uh, I know, right? September 7th, in your house, ground zero. Vader isn't booked in a match, but does interfere in the patriot Bret Hart match, which sets up the next pay-per-view. Uh, but the uh, next line on Raw, Brett and Vader have the highest rating on the show uh, when they have a match, but Brett does suffer a concussion during the match. Do you consider, or was, was he considered by those in the locker room, a dangerous worker? I know you said takes liberties, but... That kind of just means, you know, he's a little snug with a punch or a hair pull, but a concussion's another thing. Did Vayner have a reputation like that in the WWF?
1: I think some guys felt that he was dangerous. His powerbomb was one he would let guys go and not carry him all the way down. So, yeah, I think that some guys would, would argue that he was dangerous in the ring.
0: He was capable of helping you down. Uh, He took great care of Jimmy Snook at Survivor Series 96. Um,
1: Right, but some guys he would just let go.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to mention this quote. It was mentioned a lot on the message boards when they knew Vader was going to win here. Uh, We just mentioned him wrestling Bret Hart. Bret Hart once said that wrestling Vader was like wrestling a cement truck filled with barf. I need you to explain what that means. You and I know what that means, but there's a lot of people listening who maybe don't know what that really is alluding to.
1: I don't want to jump on Leon and, and bash and, and knock Leon, but, but Leon did have a, a reputation for uh, not, being, not having the most pleasant odor. And his gloves, in particular, they could walk on their own. And guys used to talk about being betaized because he'd shake your hand or touch you somewhere, and then you smelled like beta for until you got that stuff steam cleaned so that that's what he he made reference to his his gear sometimes could be a little offensive well you said that's, last... good, that's a good analogy uh, yeah, a, a cement truck of barf, yeah
0: you said um last week when you were kind of promoting this on the poll. What about Vader made him the most feared man in the locker room?
1: That would be it—that he would touch you and you would get, yeah, you would get Vader on you. Uh, and Leon liked to hug people too, and then and it was—and <laughs> and people would like run. Oh my God, no, no, God! Did he, you ever see the? You ever see the Seinfeld episode where Jerry goes and the ballet parks his car, and yeah. he's, the ballet has bo, and he can't get rid of the bo smell in the car? Yep. It's the same kind of thing with Vader at times.
0: You um do you ever have to have a conversation with Vader about this particular situation?
1: I have, yes. Asked him to um uh, to clean his gear maybe a little bit better or the more often, maybe invest in some new gear. And um Yeah, that's a tough conversation to have, but that's one of those Again, that in the position I was that... He had to do. Somebody's got to talk to him, pal. Tell
0: him he stinks.
1: Which, I'm not going to do that, okay? <laughs> First of all, Leon would kill me. But I liked Leon. And I didn't have a problem with him. So I I, I did tactfully address that maybe he needed to invest in some new gear and, and maybe wash his gear a little more often because there were complaints.
0: Would he... Um... Would he have been shocked by this? Offended by this?
1: He was shocked. Um. He
0: didn't think, you, he didn't you think have... there was a smell.
1: No, but again, I you know it's it's he's around it all the time. Maybe he didn't notice it. But you also have to take into consideration the man Leon White, who deep down is a teddy bear, right? very very sensitive very sweet man and he's a teddy bear so if you you got to be careful and choose your words carefully when you address him about something negative and you don't want to hurt his feelings because he's going to hold on to that and carry that around with him every day So you try to be tactful and and address it in a a professional way, but also make it clear that maybe you need to invest in some new tights and and wash them more often. Guys, think you, Smell.
0: Um, You mentioned his gear. Here's a stupid Mark question. He wears gear backwards some in the WWF where it said Vader time on the back. Very clearly the same stuff, just turned around. (laughs) Any rhyme or reason as to why that is?
1: i you'd have to ask Lee on that one. I just think that sometimes you might have gotten confused. Who knows?
0: I wondered if it was you know kind of like Pat- how some guys wear their underwear inside out cause hey, that's that sounds plain.
1: <laughs> Pat Patterson probably could have helped him out with that. Ah, oh, you do the the yellow in the front and the brown in the back. It's easy. That's how Pat knows which way the underwears goes. and he doesn't it's not underwear. it's underwears. Oh, he's got the underwears on wrong.
0: This is the best podcast so, in the so history so of here's, podcasts.
1: So here's also a little bit of trivia. Any time that you ever see Pat Patterson and his tiny whities on WWE, WWF television, he will have a yellow stain in the front and a brown stain in the back.
0: Even if there wasn't one, there will be one. Oh, if he's going
1: to be on TV in his tidy whities there will be a yellow stain in the front and a brown stain in the back.
0: By him or by? Of course. Okay. So he, that was his gimmick. Yes. Uh, in September, the WWF does their first ever UK-only pay-per-view. It's called One Night Only and Vader beats Owen Hart in that. Also, in late September, FMW has. He was getting
1: back, to, he was getting back at Owen for the tray full of food. There you Great. go.
0: There you go. Uh, late September FMW has a Kawasaki Stadium show. And Ken Shamrock and Vader are there working an old UWFI style work shoot with lots of stiff punches and stuff. Uh and then the match is cut short when Shamrock starts coughing up blood. And apparently Vader hyperextended his elbow and broke his nose again in this match. Uh you were there for this and even ringside checking on Shamrock when he started coughing up blood. Uh Vader was screaming to get a doctor to the ring and the ref stopped the match after about seven minutes. Uh, Onita allegedly paid a hundred grand to get this match, and they called it an ultimate rules match. It's like a nod or maybe a ripoff of the UFC. Why and how does this happen? Where you guys let two of your guys work a show for Onita and shit on this hundred thousand dollar number?
1: Well, I'll tell you how. We let them do it because they paid a lot of money for it. So, you know, goddamn, you want a match? Okay, it's going to cost X amount. You throw out a ridiculous number and they pay a ridiculous number? Why the hell not? And we controlled the match. It was two of our guys. So, and I was there to make sure that there were no shenanigans and and that uh, there, there was, they weren't going to try and talk them into doing something else with somebody else. And uh, the match the match was what it was, and we knew what it was going to be before we ever landed in the country, and they knew what it was going to be. Uh, Shamrock had an injury. He had a rib injury. And
0: That was a K-Babe injury, right, from a Vader bomb, or was it a chute?
1: No, it was a chute. Okay. And so we had to protect Ken, but but also at the same time, we wanted to protect both attractions. Right. Of Shamrock Invader, and, and when they wanted the match, we did tell them up front. Well, it's very difficult to have a finish in this match. So whatever we do, it's it's going to have to be a, a draw or a you know a fuck finish. So it was all laid out uh, ahead of time. It's one of those deals where you know you and I have talked about it before. It's um, I don't want to do that, uh, but You really want to do it that bad? Okay, give me X amount of dollars, and this is what it's going to be, and this is what it's going to be. And they say, they still say, okay. Right. It's like, hmm, okay. Then we'll do it.
0: Um, You got to give me something on this $100,000 number.
1: That's a big number. I'm not going to give you the number, but uh-huh. they paid a lot of money for it. They paid some good money for it.
0: All right, I don't they, want flew, to... they
1: flew all of us over there first class. And...
0: Oh, shit. That in and of itself was thirty grand, or really close to it.
1: Yeah. It was, it, was, it was a hell of a gig. Very interesting. I got drunker in hell with Terry Funk that night on the bus trip back to Tokyo. Pritchard, they've got... Beer and vending machines. Pull oh, the goddamn boss over. We're getting Richard some more beer. They're in vending machines right there. Hey, goddammit, go out and get us some more beer. This is uh, great. Hey,
0: if it's funk, he would have said, go on ahead. He says, go ahead and go on ahead and went ahead. Yeah. Hey, the word ahead works for him. Uh, In Your House Bad Blood, Uh, Bret Hart and British Bulldog beat Vader in the Patriot in a flag match. How the fuck Vader is a face here, Um, it's hard to keep up with. He's an American. Yeah, I got that. Just saying. What an interesting time in the wrestling business. Here's a little note I found. In uh, early November on Raw, Vader beats the British Bulldog in a dog collar match. And Team Canada then attacks Vader. So Steve Blackman debuts as a fan to make the save. Uh, whose idea was this, and what can you share with us about Blackman? You've told us a fun JBL Blackman fight story before. You got anything else interesting to contribute about Steve Blackman? Let me get it in. I don't know. Other we'll th- talk about him again.
1: <laughs> Thank you! I was going to cue it. I was going to say, well, gosh, Conrad, do you think we'll ever talk about Steve Blackman again? Thank you. Um. Well, let me get it on the record. I'm scared to death of Steve Blackman. Uh, <laughs> Steve, Black, no, Steve's a great guy and really, really tough son of a bitch. Uh, Ken Shamrock brought us Blackman. They were friends, and Shamrock knew Steve. He was from Pennsylvania, a uh, karate guy, just a all-around badass, but also had worked a little bit. And we brought him in, do something with him, and just kind of was what it was a new, a new character that had never been seen before that we could call our own. Uh,
0: the night you guys screwed Brett it was reported that quote,
1: Hey, 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 who screwed Brett?
0: Brett screwed Brett. Uh, Meltzer writes quote before the show started, both Vader with his Japanese experience and Davy boy Smith told Hart to watch himself. He was warned not to lay down and not to allow himself to be put in a compromising position. He was told to kick out at one, not two, and to not allow himself into any submission holds, end quote. So, supposedly, Brett had offered to drop the belt to Vader as a solution, uh, but you guys poo-pooed it. Was Vader given any consideration for the belt here, and do you think that Vader really saw this screw job coming and gave that type of advice to Brett, or is this just wrestling legend?
1: Well, as far as Vader Vader being considered, absolutely not. The, The... no, he wasn't. And... It wouldn't surprise no, it wouldn't surprise me at all for a lot of guys probably to be giving Brett for that kind of talk to be going on before that match. That that doesn't surprise me at all because Brett was uneasy about it because Brett had hemmed and hawed about the finish for the entire week beforehand. So you know Brett stirred all that up. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all for guys to be giving him that advice.
0: Uh, On November 11th in Ontario, Vader was supposed to wrestle Goldust, who showed up wearing pantyhose and said he was injured, so he hit Vader on the head with a hammer. This is where we are in wrestling at the time. Uh, I'm curious about this. This jumped out at me. Why was George the Animal Seal booked to be in Vader's corner for a house show at MSG against Hunter Hearst Helmsley? Does that not seem like the most random? Let me read that again. I mean, it sounds confusing even to say... George the Animal Steel was advertised as being in Vader's Corner at a house show at Madison Square Garden against Hunter Hurst Helmsley. What's
1: what's what's up with that? God damn. Um because George the Animal Steel is a big name in New York and put him on the card, get him out there, nice appearance. That's all. Attraction. George the Animal Steel was a big attraction. That's it. Little bonus for the fans.
0: On uh, November But tw- I got I got hang on,
1: hang on, hang on. I got another little thing uh for everybody you talked about gold dust and the hammer and all that good stuff. <laughs> this was maybe one of the first times that we ever used like a gimmick gimmick. Oh, okay. Where so where, where did, what, it was shoot a shoot
0: hammer. It was a it was gimmick. It hammer. was a
1: stunt hammer. Yeah. Like made out of uh soft rubber
0: so a stunt hammer is different from a stunt cock for those of you uh, exactly I familiar yes. with orgasmo
1: or a con anyway cock yes so w- it was a stunt hammer, and it was it was soft so that you could hit someone with <laughs> oh my, it, but God. you also had to control it, okay. And you also have to not don't throw the damn thing for a couple reasons, because if it bounced you know, it was very bouncy and you didn't want it going out in the crowd and someone get the hammer and bend it in half and go, look at this shit. Um, so after everything was done and and all this stuff, and Vader gets up and steps on the goddamn hammer. And there's the shot. You see the 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 handheld camera basically at mat level, and you see the shot. of Leon stepping on the hammer, and the hammer just goes squish. So a little bit of trivia there. I'll have to go back and watch that.
0: that. I appreciate that. Uh, They
1: they may have edited it out by now, but that was one of those things like,
0: God damn! (laughs) November 11th is what you need to be looking for, 1997. Uh, November 24th in North Carolina, uh, where... Vader main evented once against uh, rick Flair at Starcade. Seems like a long time ago. Here we go. Goldust comes out in a wheelchair and says that he's now quadriplegic, and he has a nurse with him called Nurse Goodbody. Uh, Vader came out and attacked Goldust and the nurse, who turned out to be Luna Vachon. Who'd have thought? Uh, she threw alcohol in his eyes, and actually it took a couple of tries because she missed the first time. But she did manage to injure the eye, so he wore an eye patch for his main event match later in the show, where he lost to Shawn Michaels in under three minutes. Uh, after the match, Jim Neidhart and Triple H took turns beating him uh, until he fell out of the ring, and then Triple H threw coffee in his good eye, and Shawn hit two super kicks. Uh, where were the shovels?
1: You know, um, I wasn't doing uh, extensive, creative at this time. And this, this would have been Vince Russo. No. So I know. It's kind of hard to believe. But, um, you know, one of those things, man.
0: When you read that, so when wait, it goes wait, down wait. and it gets. You, you, and it this gets, is burial with a capital B. Am I wrong? Meh. Yeah. You say no?
1: Eh. yeah is what it is
0: you know we're supposed to have an opinion on this fucking thing that's why people listen they don't listen well
1: you know what i mean yeah it's one it's one of those things that uh kind of when you're on the shit list and people tend to shit all over you so yeah he was getting shit on here
0: Thank you. In December 97, there's talks with SEG. This is the outfit who owns the UFC. This is pre-Zufa. Remember, this is 97. And they supposedly, allegedly, hypothetically, offered the WWF $100,000 to have Shamrock on the show, but Vince turned it down flat. Uh, So you guys started to discuss the possibility of using Vader on a card for a UFC in Japan, but that offer is turned down too. This is all rumors and innuendo reported in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, was there ever any serious consideration to letting either one of these guys do any sort of legitimate mixed martial arts?
1: Shamrock, yes. But Leon had never done mixed martial arts. He well, was never a shoot fighter.
0: No, I get that. But in my head, I mean, you're hitting him in the head with fucking hammers, making him wear eye patches, throwing coffee in the other eye. <laughs> It's just... It's, <laughs> It's like you know, hey you want a hundred thousand dollars to beat this guy. Fucking here you go. <laughs> but that's what it, that's what would have happened. So
1: that was a bad investment because you know,
0: <laughs> bad investment. Yeah, we got to yeah. look
1: strong. You still don't so want we, him to get beat by nobody. We
0: have we, we guy has got to look strong. We're throwing coffee in his gut. <laughs> I can't believe you can defend some of this shit, man. This is just it's. uh I'm trying to keep I'm trying to laugh to keep from crying. This is just
1: Yeah, but but depressing. but you got to understand in that in that instance. That's one of those things. Shamrock was a UFC guy. Shamrock probably could have held his own. Um but Leon that all that crap would have gotten all over the WWF.
0: Okay, that's true. That's true. Uh it's damn true. All right, hang on for this. This is going to be fun. There's more of this shit. I can't believe it. The December 8th Raw. Jeff Jarrett beats Vader, but the match never got started because Goldust comes out and flashes his junk at Vader, uh, and then Vader chased him away, leading to a countout. On the December 22nd edition of Raw, they have Vader come out dressed up like Santa Claus and attack Goldust. At the Goldust Vader match at the December pay-per-view, in your house, the Generation X, it was canceled. Because Goldust had three pins put into his hand, so it's delayed this good stuff. On the 12th of January, <laughs> you're laughing already, Goldust, <laughs> Goldust has a match with Vader on Raw, and in the match, Goldust pulls a. <laughs> I can't believe it. You
1: motherfuckers. Goldust hey, 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 let's make something perfectly clear. <laughs> Okay. Vince Russo had a two-year run in WWE. I can tell what it started. Two years, two fucking years, and everybody thinks he's he's this goddamn genius. This is the shit he booked.
0: On the 12th of January, Goldust is in a match against Vader on Raw, and in the match, (sighs) go ahead. You want me to do it for you? Goldust pulls a coconut out of his bra. he got a coconut, folks. Pull it right out of his bra. And he hits Vader with it, therefore getting disqualified uh, because you can't hit people with coconuts. Have we not learned anything from Roddy Piper? Uh, later backstage, Vader is writhing in pain as Austin had apparently given him a stoner backstage. So so far, Goldust has hit him in the, him in the head with a hammer and, and then flashed his... flashed his junk at him and, uh, played quadriplegic and put alcohol in his eyes and then they threw coffee in the good eye and then they dressed him up like Santa Claus and then they hit him with a coconut at his bra from his bra. It's, you know, it's no wonder this wound up the way it did. He's denying (laughs) it now. If these are home run ideas, look, he's going to take credit for some of this shit in a minute, but just a minute ago, keep in mind, he said, Oh, I wasn't involved in creative. Uh, supposedly you guys start I was ne- on the fringe, you guys start negotiating with all Japan around this time, hoping to do matches, well, uh, to a, a couple of matches. You want undertaker to go over a Japanese talent. You want Vader to lose to a Japanese talent.
1: Where are you getting course. this bullshit from?
0: Uh, the wrestling observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer. Okay.
1: It's cause that motherfucker knows everything. Okay. Go ahead.
0: Well, he's he's a thousand so far today. Uh, it was reported that you and Briscoe met with Baba in Tokyo and on that show, Kobashi does a promo challenging Vader. So some form of an agreement was made. Um and in February later that year 98 now, uh, Meltzer reported that you personally Bruce Pritchard were high on Kobashi and that uh, Kobashi wanted to work with Vader that summer in the WWF after they had met at this show. How close did any of this come to happening? How did the Baba stuff come about with you and Briscoe and Tokyo? How, how far me.
1: into this are we? We're, we're, we're okay. Listen.
0: Okay, F- false. Every fucking
1: bit of it is false. Okay. Um, th- this is shit where Dave Meltzer and the wrestling journalists, if you will, okay, they, they take a, a piece and then they try to think, what are they doing? And they just make shit up.
0: So you didn't go to Tokyo or, or meet with Baba?
1: I did go to Japan. Jerry Briscoe and I went to Japan. All we right. went to to speak with uh, Giant Baba so at their request.
0: He's got that part so far.
1: Okay, at their request okay. to talk about doing a talent trade.
0: With Undertaker and Vader?
1: Doing, doing some shows. No, everybody. Okay. Doing a total talent trade and, and having some guys from there come over for us, some guys from us come over for them and doing big shows and so on and so, so w- forth. So what
0: was Beth wrong about?
1: That there, there was no for Undertaker to go over and get a win, and for Vader to go over and get a loss. Absolutely not. That that detail that was not even remotely discussed. That I was high on Kobashi. Well,
0: well, let's run through this. Okay, I'm gonna tell you let's, now if Kobashi had a coconut, a hammer, or an eye patch, Vader was fucked.
1: <laughs> he, if he had a bra, maybe. Okay. <laughs> But no, I mean we we went over there to discuss business about possibly working together. And we met with Bob and Johnny Ace and it was the biggest pig fuck of a meeting that I probably have ever been in. It was embarrassing. I was embarrassed to be in in in, in that whole presence and going through that whole thing and and Johnny Ace and they had some jack off. It's probably Fumi Saito. Who was the interpreter? Now get this, okay? Giant Baba, big star, huge star, the promoter, the owner of All Japan Pro Wrestling. He was like a god over there. Antonio Inoki. So, Baba, for years, he brought over American talent, a top American talent, you know, discussed their deals with Baba and, and so on and so forth. Jack Briscoe went over and did a deal with baba for a huge sum of money for jack to drop the title for five days in Mm -hmm. japan and then baba drops it back to jack Mm -hmm. at the end of the tour Mm -hmm. okay jerry briscoe had gone over and worked for baba for many many times over the years now we go to meet with baba and this son of a bitch needs a fucking interpreter Sat there and k-fabbed us. See, I don't. I don't speak English. We gotta have an interpreter. Had Johnny Ace and this guy Fumi Saito there, and they're interpreting for Baba, and Briscoe's getting frustrated as hell because he's done business with Baba over the years. In English, Briscoe don't speak Japanese, so they're. They're talking and they're just they're asking us what we're looking for. We're telling them what we're looking for as far as dollar amounts to do bring talent over and do some things. And they're they want they want Undertaker, they want Shawn Michaels, they want The Rock, they want uh Stone Cold Steve Austin, they want all the top guys. They don't want to give up anything for it, nor do they want to pay for it. Now we had just had a situation where there was a very small Japanese company that paid a handsome sum for The Undertaker, Chris Candido, and Sonny. FMW? Uh, No, uh, Michinoku. Oh, okay, yeah. And they, I mean, uh, no, I I take that back. It was Sasuke. It was Sasuke's group. But that was Michinoku Pro. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so they had just paid a sum of money that was, that was great, very good business deal for us. And Baba is basically offering less than that, but he wants Taker, Austin, Rock, Sean, um, just go down the list. He wants everybody for less than that. And I, I, I laughed in his face. Briscoe the, and, and, and oh, and this Fumi Saito, who's, who's in charge of one of the magazines over there. I don't know if he's in charge. He's a a, a writer journalist Japanese journalist and he's telling us that well when we're talking about Undertaker and we're talking about uh Austin and Rock and so on and so forth he says no one knows who those guys are over here mm. Mm. so we're we're like oh, you asked us to come over and meet about possibly working together now we're here they stick us at a hotel, the Capitol Hotel, way the hell off the main drag. They keep their talent away from us. They don't. They they sit us in the crowd. They don't even want us in the dressing room. And totally k us. And we're sitting there, and Jerry Briscoe gets so damn frustrated. He finally takes the talent sheet and says, "Well, if you don't know any of these guys, what the hell are we doing here? Because it's a long trip, All right." And we're sitting there, and and they're just, well, no one knows these guys. No one knows these guys and all this other crap. So it was very frustrating, and nothing got accomplished. And Johnny Ace was in the middle of it because he, I guess, spoke English, um, what have you. But it was – it was embarrassing, it was, but it was nothing to... Well, we wanted to, to... They wanted to have Vader go over and lose in Japan, and they wanted Undertaker to win, and we wanted Kobashi. No, they were selling Kobashi. Oh, Kobashi's good. He's a big guy. I have good matches with him. That was it. Does he speak English? Oh, pretty good in the ring. He understands. Does he speak English? Oh... You know, he could learn, but it, it, no, a complete horseshit, fabricated every fucking bit of it, except for the part that Jerry Briscoe and I went to Japan to talk to, to them. All it was right. at their request, it was a talent exchange, it was to potentially do business together.
0: In January of 98, Vader beats the artist formerly known as Goldust in about eight minutes. Uh,
1: Vader <laughs> hit him did. with a coconut?
0: But no he uh, he won with a vader bomb and he had luna on his back here to get the pin on january 20th kane injured vader when his head was too low for the tombstone uh, afterwards vader was holding his head and apparently a plate near one of his eyes was dislodged um you know i've never heard of kane hurting a guy any heat after this for kane or just total accident or is the heat on leon for being heavy
1: Kane was new, but um, no, I, I can't think of one instance where Kane ever hurt anybody.
0: Yeah, I mean, great and, guy, great reputation.
1: And strong as bull.
0: Yeah, lifts every day, <laughs> even now. <laughs> yeah. uh, February, Kane beats Vader at In Your House, No Way Out. This is 98. Uh, after hitting Vader with a giant wrench he found under the ring.
1: This might have been the gimmick wrench then. The and the hammer was a gimmick too, but this might have been where he stepped, stepped on
0: it. He's carried oh. out of the ring to sell the angle, and that led to Vader having the eye surgery on February 24th. Uh, note again, he's out with another injury. He's expected to miss WrestleMania as a result of this surgery, so he'll be out of WrestleMania 14 uh, after working a six-man tag at 12 and a regular tag at 13. Vader is allowed to work a tag match for All Japan on May 3rd. Uh, It was Kobashi and Johnny Ace, exactly who you just said, getting the win.
1: Yeah, because we were so interested in Kobashi.
0: When they pinned uh, Vader's partner, Stan Hansen, with a schoolboy in about 33 minutes. So uh, they probably did lots of hard-hitting suplexes, and everybody got dumped on their head, and then a schoolboy wins. Uh, that sounds kind of familiar. Uh, supposedly, he's allowed to work here as a goodwill gesture to Baba and all Japan, but it wasn't like a big money deal. Uh, what's your recollection of that?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was one of those deals where, okay, well, let's go see if there's anything there. You know, it's like, but that's that's probably uh, Meltzer back-telling his story. Well, we sent Vader, so. That must have been what the story was, and, and, and that they were they were negotiating for Vader to go over and lose. I, no, it was just simply well, one of those deals, test Hansen, the waters Stan and shit. Stan Hansen
0: took the pen, and you guys, when you signed Vader, had a clause for him to do stuff like this, so he did. Exactly. I, I didn't see it as that big of a deal. On May 11th, uh, Vader squashed Barry Windham in two minutes on Raw, and then the Midnight Express ran in so Vader could smash them too uh are these just the two things that vince hates the most vader and the nwa invasion at the time feels like cornet's wet dream and vince just you know shitting all over it
1: ah you know it was one of those things um the people the the nwo i mean the nwo the nwa it was just a dead brand nobody cared
0: Not that it was not not a good brand, but by 98, it it had been dead for so long that people just didn't care anymore. On the May 25th edition of Raw, Jeff Jarrett is wrestling Vader, and Michael Cole is doing commentary here with Jim Ross. And Cole starts in talking about how Vader is in the best shape of his life and has never looked better. Uh, But then Jim Ross pipes up that he begs to differ and that Vader does not look like he's in tip-top condition. Unlike Kane, who is lean and mean and ready to go. Uh, and he says that Vader is at four hundred pounds. This has to be a Vince line, right? Where Vince is saying, you know, crap. Well, I'm on sure
1: it. that Vince. I'm sure Vince probably gave the commentators their bullet points for that. But but again, let's go back to to the journalist, the wrestling journalist. How did they report that match in the commentary?
0: Uh, they got it wrong.
1: But but how did they paint it? They painted it. uh
0: they much more colorfully. Miss. Uh... This is unfair, I think, what you're trying to take to task here, but Meltzer did report that uh, Vader's belly was bigger than normal or bigger than ever or something like that. He made some sort of reference to he was larger than ever that Jim Ross said that, but when you go back and watch the tape, that wasn't really what was said, Um, but the general gist of it was accurate, but it was embellished.
1: Heavily embellished. Yeah. I mean, it was so much so embellished when you watched it, you went, oh, hey, wow, that's not what happened. But when you had read it first, you were expecting something else.
0: That's true. I, I was in this particular case. But so, so this far, this
1: wrestling journalist well, adds see. his opinion, and he and he adds his perception of what he thinks the message was, not what the message was.
0: Well, in fairness, I'm pretty sure that everything you've ever said on this show wasn't accurate either.
1: Well, goddamn it, sure as fuck is.
0: Well, come on now. I'm just saying we, in my head well in his head this is accurate too and uh, there's only two things in no, this whole it's thing different so when a
1: reporter reports something i'm not reporting shit i'm telling you how i remember it and how, hey, how hey buddy it let me just me. tell
0: you right now more people are listening to this than read his newsletter so you can call yourself not a reporter all you want but you are a roll tide we're an, i'm an entertainer over the edge well so is he people are paying for his shit i'm not i am Uh, Thank you, Mr. Meltzer. Appreciate all the hard work you do. Over the Edge was in May 1998, and this is what we got a lot of tweets about. So this is the third thing. When we first posted this topic, man, over and over and over, we heard about three things. Shawn Michaels, 1996 SummerSlam, how he changed everything after that. The Kuwait thing in the spring of 97, uh, with Vader being arrested and detained. And now here, Over the Edge, May of '98. Uh, It's mask versus mask with Kane. Goes about seven minutes. Uh, Vader's working the match with a pulled hamstring. Hopefully you're seeing a trend here. Uh, He misses the moonsault and then takes a tombstone piledriver to get the job done for Kane. He loses, uh, he being Vader, and then he's interviewed by Michael Cole at ringside. And he says, quote, man, I don't usually have any excuses. I came here tonight to compete and I got my butt whipped. I made the biggest mistake of my life. I trained. Look at me. I'm so big. Maybe it's, maybe Vader time is over. I ain't nothing but a big piece of shit. A big fat piece of shit. End quote. Um, I couldn't help but think when I read this back, I made the biggest mistake of my life. Kind of feels like the decision to come to the WWF. But overall, this whole Maybe Vader time is over. I ain't nothing but a big piece of shit, a big fat piece of shit. How does this come about? It seems way out of place. Well,
1: this was simply, uh, it it was Vince's idea, McMahon. And it was one of those deals where that Leon was beating himself up a lot during this time. And Vince felt that if he goes out and says, you know what? I'm just a big fat piece of shit. Maybe it will endear him to people. Like, oh no, you're not, Leon. I I really don't know. But all he was supposed to say in that interview was, you know what? Maybe Bader time is over. Pause. I <sighs> oh, a big fat piece of shit. That's it. He did all the other stuff. I'm big. I'm so big. You know, I trained and 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 that take the the idea was, he's dejected, he's defeated, he's just in his wits end, and it's like, damn, man, maybe Vader time's over. Maybe I need to hang it up, and just look in. Goes man, I was just a big fat piece of
0: shit. Who goes to him and tells him to say, hey, here's what I want you to do tonight. Probably Vince. You have any pushback there, or does he say, yes, sir, Mister McMahon?
1: Well, um, I, his pushback was, and he didn't deliver it as he was asked to deliver it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty. But close. He,
1: there was no. That's pretty. Close. No, no, it, it's it's really not. When you look at, I trained, I trained so hard. You know, I'm so big, I'm big. And then he, and then he did it. It was simply dejection. He he, he he comes out of the ring. He's lost his mask. He's lost everything that meant something to him, and the Vader, the mask, the symbolism of it all. And he's and he can just sit there and go. Maybe Vader time's over, and then you, you pause, and you're thinking, you know, he wants to say, and, and all he can say is, I'm a fat piece of shit, and he's dejected. But he started cutting a promo. And saying, in cutting the promo gave a little bit different message.
0: Does this bury him?
1: I don't think it helped him. I really don't. Uh, it was like, you know, okay, yeah, just...
0: Vader is, does Vader time? Does this mean to you, Vader time's over?
1: Well, the idea was to try and build him back.
0: I'm not but saying what the same... idea is. I'm saying when yeah. it's over, he's walking back through the curtain. Are you thinking, well, we had a good run?
1: Well, no, because I think there was still an idea. Well, maybe we can build him You know, maybe we can build him back. Maybe we make him better.
0: For what it's worth, this was a mask versus mask match. He's wearing his mask again on the next show uh in
1: june yeah those stipulations really meant something during that time huh
0: in june it comes out that uh vader jose estrada farouk goldust and mark henry are all in the doghouse again and expected to lose weight in a hurry uh and it comes out here that there's a weight clause in vader's contract so apparently you guys knew this was an issue coming in uh and that he had to weigh in every so often and it was uh, allegedly at a weight of 350 pounds or less. Um, and supposedly he would crash diet when he knew these weigh-in dates were coming to get down from 370 or higher. And Vince idealistically would like to see Vader somewhere between 320 and 330. And they had kind of a gentleman's agreement that a big push would come if he could make that weight, but he never does. And in his final weigh-in, he's... um three hundred and forty six pounds uh and around the same time they even had the undertaker lose 15 pounds and mark henry was ordered to lose 50 pounds so i'm curious who's on this witch hunt here because jim ross unfortunately gets a lot of flack for this as being the guy who was hunting this down and is that just because he's head of talent relations he's carrying out vince's wishes or is jim ross kind of the head witch hunter himself
1: Well, Jim Ross is getting the heat for, you know, Jim was a big, big fan of Vader's too. And he would always push Vader. Why don't we do something with Leon? And so Jim's getting the heat if Leon doesn't perform. So Jim, again, trying to do his job, which is the most thankless job in in the industry, and saying, you know, get in shape. This is the boss wants you to lose weight. Jim's the messenger. That's his job. He's got to tell him to lose weight. You got to get in better shape.
0: I don't think much has changed with that position. Uh, Rick Flair com- commonly says that Mark Carano has the most unenviable position in the entire United States. Sucks. Um, what's protocol here on this weight situation? Like, who's deciding the weight and the punishment? I mean, is there something laid out in all these guys' contracts around this time about weight specifically, or does Ross just arbitrarily say, uh, "All right, Dustin, here's what we need: we need you to drop twenty-five pounds." Or is it, you know, hey, we want you at 275.
1: It's probably one of those situations where they look at where they were competing at their best. And see, okay, when you were X x amount of weight, now damn, man, you could go. And you put on weight and you're a lot slower now and you're you're not what you used to be. Maybe if you lose that weight, get down to that goal weight again, we'll find it.
0: And the goal, and so when they have this kind of heart-to-heart Usually it's in a one-on-one setting, I would guess.
1: Oh sure, yes.
0: And at that point, they would say, <clears throat> "So here's what we're going to do. I need you to get down to this weight, and I'm going to give you till this date, and we're going to weigh you in. And if you can't get there, I'm going to find the X."
1: Well, you're dealing with athletes, so they understand making weight, and they understand being no, I, I, in I, I get top that, But
0: is that the way it's pitched?
1: Yeah, I, I have no idea how Jim pitched it. But that's probably a way that he pitched it, just saying, hey, you need to be in the best shape you can be in. We need you for the long run. And if you're when if you're you... out of shape and you're heavy and you're getting hurt and you're not able to go and you're not able to do more time and you're blown up, it doesn't look good for you. It doesn't look good for the company. So we need you to get in better shape.
0: When you were in charge of talent relations, did you ever uh, have a weight conversation with anybody? Yeah. Did you, did you lay out potential fines? Or told them
1: that there would, told them that there would be fines, yeah, if they didn't meet their goals.
0: Everybody always hit it. You never had an issue.
1: No, we had issues. We had issues. We had guys that we had to, that we had to send to the uh, feed store to weigh them.
0: Who are you talking about?
1: They're so big. Well, Big Show, Mark Henry, Yokozuna—those those, those guys—you can't weigh on a regular scale.
0: And you personally had to have those conversations and find somebody
1: i have had those conversations with guys and I had to find people yes
0: why are you making me fucking chase you here just well, no you. i'm not gonna tell you who it was i mean what it's does in, you it know, matter or i just named everybody just give me an example I'm, okay i've had those conversations with mark henry okay and so you have a conversation with mark henry and you want him to lose weight do you know which what, by
1: the way which by the way for a fat fuck like me it's to have that conversation is you know right, yeah it's like you're sitting there going hey man i'm not throwing stones here yeah I But can stand to lose some weight
0: but you're also not competing in the ring so it's a different right. thing but right. when you sit down with him if you're the one delivering it are you telling him lose x number of pounds or get down to x weight because there is a difference
1: it usually starts off with you need to get into better shape okay. when they don't get into better shape it's like okay we're going to give you a goal. Here's the goal. We want you to reach this. And you give it a, Here's and a reasonable time to
0: reach this. There you go. Okay.
1: So you, you get input from nutritionists. You get input from doctors. And because you don't want them crash dieting. You don't want them trying to, you know, take water pills and, and sweat it out. Because that's dangerous as hell. You want them to do it the right way so they can keep the weight off and, and perform.
0: Uh, speaking of the devil a king of the ring uh, 98 mark henry is arguing with china and then vader attacks henry with a body block and that causes vader to fall down himself this is a little embarrassing in july he does a tug of war with mark henry and loses uh so that sets up the next match at fully loaded in 98 mark henry too beats vader uh, and during the match henry even kicks out of the vader bomb Meltzer writes, quote, clearly it's time for Vader to move on. But at this stage of his career, there may be nowhere else left to go. Half a star. Uh, In August, Godfather offered three hoes to Vader for him to just leave. And Vader accepted the hoes. But on his way out, just arbitrarily, Bischoff, uh, not Bischoff, Bart Gunn decides to just knock out Vader uh, for accepting said scantily clad women. Uh, So he's going nowhere fast also in August, Bischoff is on Nitro, holding a pen and a promo, which is something that bookers used to do back in the day, uh, and he said he uh, wouldn't let Warrior come to WCW. This is when Warrior's involved in the storyline for WCW, and he has the power to make sure that happens because he ran Vader and Johnny B. Bad right out of the company, so he's still very much competing and talking about Vader. Uh, the Disciples of Apocalypse, the Harris Boys, they beat Bradshaw and Vader in about three minutes when Vader took the pin in a deal where Bradshaw turned on Vader. Uh, in September, Vader is out of action again, this time for high blood pressure, which according to his doctor was from a potassium and electrolyte imbalance caused by over-dieting and overtraining and dropping so much weight so quickly. Uh, so when Vader misses dates here, he supposedly goes to the office and asks for a lighter schedule. That combined with missing dates for an injured back, knees, shoulder, nose, and the weight issue. This is allegedly when even the Vader supporters in the office, which I would assume would be Jim Cornette and Jim Ross, they just give up on him, and he has jobbed out after this. Is this something you remember, Bruce, where there was a conscious decision of, wait, he's out for blood pressure now? fuck him
1: well it's it's yeah it's a business decision and unfortunately there's just not a lot left to do with him he wants a lighter schedule but yet he's saying he has all these issues so yeah and he wanted you know and he was complaining and and wanted out so okay we'll do a conditional release and we'll let you out
0: Uh, later that month in september the company agrees to that conditional release and that would allow him to work anywhere in the world except wcw uh until his contract was supposed to end which would be 99 Uh, it was reported this was mutual but you know who initiated the conversation do you guys go to him and say hey it's not working out or does he come to you and say if i can't work less dates i'd like to well no it's it's
1: well they're talking about all that stuff and it's one of those deals well no you can't work less dates and Um, You're injury-prone and everything else. So in those conversations comes... It
0: just organically happens. Yeah. His last pay-per-view is uh, September 97, In Your House Breakdown. He loses uh, to Bradshaw in a no-DQ, false count anywhere match. In the match, Bradshaw kicks out of the Vader bomb, and then uh, he takes a couple of lariats and a neckbreaker to lose the pinfall. And Meltzer writes at the time, it's amazing because even with the win, Bradshaw still isn't going to get over... Vader needed to have gone on home months ago because this was ridiculous. Star and a half. Of course, uh, Meltzer was wrong there. Bradshaw did eventually get over in a big way. Took a while, but he got there. Uh, at the next TV taping... Can you repeat that? Meltzer was wrong. Thank you. Is that, is that a t-shirt next? Uh, <laughs> at the next TV taping, Al Snow pinned Vader after hitting him with head. Uh, he lost to Al Snow in two minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, vader's pissed off here and got a release so he kicks out but they counted as three anyway uh at the next taping mark merrill beats vader with a shooting star press Uh, when mark merrill's winning in the fall of 98 you know the fucking writings on the wall man Uh, and then in october of 98 vader signs with all japan Uh, they want him to work 23 weeks per year Uh, he doesn't want to do that so eventually he wanted 15 they got him to agree to do 20 He's 42 when he goes back to work here, tagging in this tag tournament with Stan Hansen uh, in mid-November. On his way out, though, he works uh, a series of matches with The Rock, Ken Shamrock, and Mankind, all kind of combinations of three-way matches on house show loops. Uh, His final date with the company comes at Madison Square Garden on October 25th. He loses a three-way match here with Mankind and Shamrock where he doesn't have to lose Mankind puts Sacco on Shamrock. Uh, he can't go to WCW until December of '99, which is when that contract was set to expire uh, with the WWF. So around this time, he starts thinking about stuff besides Japan and besides wrestling. And he sells part of a strip mall he was developing in order to open a Gold's Gym. Uh, later that year, in November, there's rumors that Paul Heyman tried to bring him in for. Uh, November to remember in New Orleans but Vader turned it down on advice from Stan Hansen who thought it might not be a good idea politically for him to do that and that spot wound up going to Jake Roberts. Uh, It was even mentioned, this is strange to think about, that Yokozuna was considered for that November to remember spot and then Vader stopped wrestling full-time in 2002 and only works occasional dates and he's even worked this year Uh, so he's still he's still getting around at 61 and working some matches Uh, so that's kind of the story you know as the newsletters have it for vader in the wwf but there's always the lighter side of the business that people don't really talk about and i know that there's two kind of famous stories that you've told me that i want you to share with the audience one that involves vader in canada and the one that involves vader and pyro can you share those stories with everybody
1: Sure, I'd also like to point out that he's 61 years old and and I've seen pictures of him. I'm not talking about the naked dick picture, but uh pictures of him where good god, he looks great. Yeah. And you know, to to hear the news that of the issues he's going through is is crazy because he did lose a lot of weight. He got himself in great shape and um uh, I hope he fights through it. But the 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 issue in canada there are guys who have had issues in the states or in other countries and getting in you can get into third world countries and and places all over the world pretty much any place in the world easier than you can than to cross the border going into canada i mean it's it's crazy what you have to do to get into canada and if you don't have a squeaky clean record like if you jaywalked when you were fourteen years old in uh, uh, Sheboygan, Michigan, at uh, three thirty in the morning, and that's on your record somewhere, you ain't getting into Canada.
0: I thought of Sheboygan, and, Wisconsin. Is there a Sheboygan, Michigan, or is that a rib?
1: I just man, nah, I just picked. I, I do. not know. I am just giving a hypothetical I'm here. I am
0: just fucking with you. Continue.
1: There you go. Okay. Is it What is it? I don't know whatever so uh leon had had one of those issues and when you have one of those issues you can get what is called a minister's permit from the prime minister there in canada and and you apply for it and a lawyer applies for it and it costs you know a thousand dollars or so and you can come into the country And so guys who have these issues, when they want to work Canada, they have to have the minister's permit, and they can come in and out of Canada just fine. And Leon had a minister's permit. He was good. He could go in and out of Canada. So they were on a tour, and Canada was one of the stops, and uh, they were going from a place in the States to Canada. And Leon says, yeah, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and fly home. I can't get into the country. What do you mean you can't get in the country? Because ah, I I don't have my minister's permit. It expired. I don't have my minister's permit. I can't get in the country. And everybody's like, going, oh, my God. You know, and now you're you're telling everybody is we're going to Canada? So he called and, and says, ah, you know, my, my minister's permit, there's an issue with the paperwork. I think it's expired. I won't be able to get in. And they're like, Leon, you booked in Canada. Get to the show. Go get on the plane, take the flight, go and go work the show. And so he does. And when he shows up and he gets to immigration, he tells the guy, hey, I I can't come in here. Look at my passport. Look at my minister's permit. All this stuff is expired. I I can't come in. I, I'm I'm I, I got to go back. I'm really sorry to take your time. And the guy looks at him and says, uh, no, that's cool, man. I, I know who you are. You're, you're Vader. I know you. It's okay. We, we, we Come on in. I'm like, no, 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 I can't come in, really. Uh, this minister's permit, it's expired, it's illegal for me to come in and go, no, I, I can override that, man. It's okay. You know, look, you, you, got, you got some time left before you have to get this done. It's still good. And he tried everything he could to get thrown out of Canada so he wouldn't have to make that show and go home. And the damn immigration guy just said, nah, come on in. You're good. You're Vader. We know you. And then the uh, – which someone from the WWE, when they saw that Vader had won the poll, said, ah, you got to tell the pyro story. And I had forgotten about that when, when we were talking about all this stuff. And there was a time when – you know how pyro goes off at the beginning of Raw?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, for years, I sat on the stage right at the gorilla position, right at the entrance where the guys go out, right before their matches. And that pyro blows off every single night. And it's like just somebody taking dynamite and shoving it up your ass.
0: And there's a red light, so you know when it's coming.
1: There's a red light, goes off backstage, all around, so you know when you see the red light flashing. Here it comes. Here comes the pyro. Hold your ears. Put your fingers in your ears. So... And I, I don't know if it was a raw entrance or if it was Undertaker who had the big concussions. And we're all sitting there, and Leon comes up. He's, he's all ashen. He's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I, my heart stopped. And I was like, what? And he says, I, I, was underneath, I was underneath the stage, and I didn't know the pyro was going to go And The pyro went off, and my heart stopped. I had to give myself CPR and restart my heart. So while Leon is underneath the stage, the pyro goes off. His heart stopped. He was clinically dead, but he was able, clinically dead, to give himself CPR and restart his heart. It's a miracle. So those are kind of the two funny Vader stories that I had. It's not that funny when I tell it now, but you know, kind of one of those you had to be there. Anything? But, uh, any other? Uh...
0: Any other interesting Vader stories or antidotes you can tell us?
1: No, his gloves could walk on their own. They they had a stench to them, but uh that just everybody kinda chimed in on that one. I liked Leon. I, I he's just a lovable big teddy bear. I I like Leon and uh I hope everything works out good for him.
0: Well I did too. I uh I was a huge <clears throat> Vader fan. Uh, I still think his match with uh rick flair in 93 at starcade was outstanding great story where they shoot the segment showing you know how dominant of a monster he is and and flair kissing his family goodbye and people not sure he's going to live through the match it was really a good story everything he did with cactus jack in wcw was awesome uh i think he gave sting sting's best you know matches of his career besides you know sting's matches with rick Uh, i just thought he was an awesome talent big fan of his and then you guys you know just thought he was a big fat piece of shit and buried him and killed him off dead and
1: yeah that was the plan we we spent a lot of money to just bring him in and bury him and kill him off
0: yep you did and we were, we we showed that evidence today and he did himself no favors by not just uh as Vince would say eating shit and learning to love the taste of it because he would lay out sick and come up lame and all this other stuff and uh In the end, it was a mercy killing, but hopefully he got paid. So thanks for listening this week to something to wrestle with.
1: Happy Thanksgiving. Bruce Pritchard. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round.